<laughs> Welcome to the first ever The Creep Up October special. Oh, will we infest your dreams with scary things like beans? I hope so. (laughs) I wonder how loud it is. Should we check it? I'm just saying beans can Uh, be creepy. Should we check that? If you want to check it. No, let's keep it. it. That's what we call the keep up. That's what we call it. Oh, no, the creep up. This whole episode is the creep up. Why is it? Oh, yeah, it's the creep up. You, that's how you introduce the podcast. I know. I just forgot. That was a whole <laughs> intro song ago. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot that could happen in between that. Dude, this is cool. I'm excited. I, you know, for my whole life, I never thought that I'd ever make a Halloween special. You never thought that? I never thought. You that never I would. thought as a kid that you might do that? I would, you know, I would be like, that'd be cool if I make a Halloween special, but I never envisioned what a Halloween special from me would be like. I feel like we've said the creep up before. Did we do an episode like this before? Not necessarily Halloween special. I think we tried. We tried. And did like scary themes throughout the whole thing. But this is like a special, special, special. Right. Triple special threat. And we're doing special things on this special you know why, Tim? Why? Because it's special. Oh. If you've never listened to the Keep Up podcast before, me and Tim. That's uh, me. That's Tim. Mm-hmm. Who said that's me? That that's, was Tim. That's me. Who said that? Back I'm, to you, Tim. I, I'm not Brett. I'm, no. I'm Tim. I'm the Brett one. You're the Brett. And <laughs> uh, we we just uh, we talk about things that we're fans of or mm-hmm. things we're not fans of. Mm-hmm. And what's super sweet about this episode is it's the first one we've ever done that is fully 100% fueled by listener feedback. The humans that listen to the podcast have shared their desires and their dreams and their thoughts. And we shall talk about it in the most spectacular fashion. <laughs> I'm stoked. I'm super about excited. That. I hope I can be very literate. <laughs> um, Illiterate. So far. Really rambunctious robots retell radical Rory's. <laughs> I, I was trying to do stories. But <laughs> oh, illiterate. Yeah. I thought you said illiterate. Uh, sometimes. Is illiterate? Is that. Isn't that. To say the first letter? Alliterations. <laughs> That's what I thought. I never used it as like an adjective, like to be illiterate. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's super illiterate. Everything he says starts with the same letter. (laughs) I mean, uh, that's or sound. It's sound, not letter, right? It's yeah. This is not listener feedback induced. No, this is this is Is induced always negative (laughs) because it sounds bad. Well, like you can induce birth and induce a coma. That's right. Right. Uh, Not that I'm saying inducing a coma is good. Depending, it could be. Yeah, if you need a nap. What, what bad induces <laughs> have you heard? Um, I don't know. It just feels like a negative, like it has a negative connotation. Is it just because it's like <laughs> induce, like the word itself sounds evil? <laughs> when you say it like that, induce. It sounds like uh, it sounds like a move someone in Street Fighter is doing. <laughs> induce, like <laughs> yoga, yoga fire, yoga induce. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> Bam. It's going to be a different vibe because it's early today. Yeah, it is. Well, we used to do morning podcasts. Yeah, used to. I'm just saying. 
Listener stuff. <laughs> Our theme for this episode was spooky things. Yeah. And we got some great suggestions. I'm mm-hmm. stoked about because it forced me to play and watch things. Forced. You didn't have a choice, nor forced did me. you want to, apparently. No, I can't make a whole video uh-huh. saying, give us suggestions and we're going to do stuff with it and yep. then not do stuff with it, Tim. I, that would be awesome. So maybe I had a hand in forcing myself into this situation. Right. But I'm saying their suggestions forced me in a good way. Uh-huh. To watch and play things I've never watched and played. So they induced you to play. Yes. Mm -hmm. Everything that I endured in the past week or two Mm -hmm. was listener-induced. I see. And I'll just put this out there. I waited way too long to get started on these things. (laughs) So That's the idea of the keep-up, though. We are (laughs) keeping up on things. It brings new meaning because uh, it's... uh, it was a lot, and I forced myself. It was like Sunday night, and mm-hmm. I had two movies to watch and a game to beat. You had a like, lot to, you know. I I had the good fortune of uh, what we decided on. I've already seen before or have some knowledge on. Yes, so I had the benefit. Although my one homework I didn't do, which I'm terrible at. But the wait, maybe we don't mention it because we're gonna right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we don't. There was there was one one thing that we thought we were gonna. Get I to do want to talk about it later, though. I'm not abandoning it. No, same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Um, Um, So, yeah, uh, thanks for hanging out with us on this episode. We're going to list everybody who suggested anything. Mm -hmm. And also, there's going to be a little prize drawing at the end of this episode. A special prize? Yeah, you know why? No. Because it's a special, Tim. Oh, I should have known. It's so special. Special special stories came in, too. Yes, there were plenty of uh, personal experiences related to horror. And I thought it would be fun to talk about a few of them because it's interesting how much... We all relate on a similar level when it comes to horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things people do, like, you know, the stories we read are from people, uh, like, in different countries, different ages. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see how these specific movies impacted them in one way or another. Yes. So we each have a story we from do. you lovely listeners. Lovely listeners. Would you like me to go first? Yeah, man, do it. All right. So this one came from the Nintendo Gamer on Instagram, oh. otherwise known as Cooper. Thanks, Cooper, the Nintendo gamer. (laughs) Thanks, Nintendo Coop game. Yeah. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So this is what he wrote. For the movie The Ring, my cousin and I watched this uh, when it first came out in the UK, which would have made me 10 years old. Oh, way too early. Way too early. Sorry, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this will be relevant to it in a minute. Uh, We watched in total darkness, so it boosted the creepiness of the film, which... Is the best way to watch a movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's any movie. Any movie. For sure. Pure darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just glad we could yes. agree on We that. need to establish <laughs> how we feel about the lighting in the room <laughs> in which you're it watching It does a movie. make a difference. I, I totally agree. If a light is on in the house, even mm-hmm. if it's upstairs yep. and I'm downstairs. Across the street even. I can feel it. I will call my neighbors and be like, if you don't turn your light off. <laughs> I feel the radiation I affecting swear. my viewing pleasure. <laughs> Uh, so total right. darkness watching the ring yep i played a prank on him where i silently dialed his mobile number from my cordless house telephone and he crapped his pants while watching i don't know either way <laughs> <laughs> which the ring is perfect because you get a phone call oh seven days oh it's vicious so that yeah how rude yep. but 
later on after the film. So he did it during the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the bathroom upstairs. When I had finished my business and washed my hands, I opened the door to see him stood there, and it scared the bejesus <laughs> out of me. <laughs> so I think we relate to that because all of us oh. do. Scary movies can leave an impact on you for days after you watch it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. To the point where you're looking like, uh, you know, past your shoulder, behind your shoulder, mm-hmm. and like you're always thinking the monster is going to come out and get you from mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Some of it's like uh, across like waves and waves of movies, like how basements are just creepy. Just in general, basements have a scary vibe. Yeah. And it's like you could think of Goosebumps, you know, the 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 dad in the basement yep. who's growing all the plants. I forgot the name of that. Uh, Don't go in the basement, I think. Is, yeah, that sounds about right. That's eh, a good one. Yeah. Anyways, but um, just the concept of basements in general. But basements aren't everywhere they don't have basements in uh like the the <laughs> south and stuff i guess you're right yeah not everywhere has basements so it's funny to see stories based around basements because some people are like what is that well, area i mean i assume people know what basements are <laughs> i think they know what basements are <laughs> but it's funny it's something that's only specific to one portion at least for the u.s standards i don't not know how they are portion. there are just some where the no, thumb. they're only in New England. <laughs> New Hampshire specifically. Yeah, we are the only place that have basement. Basement capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> you want an extra downstairs? We got it. No, dude, I was watching, I think one of the movies that we're going to talk about later had like, it's just a classic like opening of the door. Mm-hmm. You turn the camera down the stairs. It's too dark. You shouldn't be going down there. Yep. There's the uh, cabin in Evil Dead 2. Mm-hmm. It's one of the worst basements in history. Yes, it is. It's just basements are weird, They're you know? And they leave impacts. Mm-hmm. Shower curtains. Yep. That's scary. Uh, yeah, The Ring has a lot of tropes, like mm-hmm. watching watching the, the VHS movie and watching or getting the phone call. That's mm-hmm. like a classic thing, too, from like this mysterious voice. It's kind of gone away. Now we just ignore phone calls. Phone calls, calls that, yeah. It's, yeah. It'd be a text that says seven days. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and you delete it. Exactly. It's like, yeah. who's this number? Who is this? That is funny. So that is kind of a reflection of the time, too. Reflection of the time, Tim. No reflections this time, though. Reflection of the Tim time. Oh, Tim time. I have other stories. Other stories. Thank you, Cooper, by the way. Yes, that's a good one, mm-hmm. especially because the ring holds like special uh, special place in our family's hearts because I think it scared you more than most things in your life. The, oh, no. Well, the grudge in the ring, I guess. Yeah. it's So that cemented my fear of Japanese horror. Yeah. And anytime I close my eyes in a dark environment, like say I'm in the shower watching, you know how sometimes you get flashes of horror? Yes. It's always... It's the ring. It's, well, the grudge girl or the ring girl. Yeah. Like girls with long hair that are crawling towards you. Samara? Was that her name? You know better than I, I do. I feel cause... like it was Samara. Um, because also Bailey used to imitate her with her yes. hair. Mm-hmm. Um. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So that is my go-to fear monster. If I think something's in the darkness, that's what I think's there coming towards me. Samara. Samara. You, uh, I looked up a picture and she looked at me. Uh, that's a good story and also mm-hmm. a hilarious prank. I yes. really like that. Um, so similarly to that story, mm-hmm. um, our friend Sarah Daniels wrote me and one of her suggestions was uh, When a Stranger Calls, the mm-hmm. original from 79, not the remake. So I've only seen the remake. Really? Mm-hmm. I've seen neither. Oh, for shame. <laughs> uh, but she suggests only... She she's not a fan of the remake. How did mm-hmm. you feel about it? Um, well, given that it was my only experience the story beforehand, I didn't even know there was original. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, but I saw it when it first came out, which was whenever, you know, mm-hmm. I don't even know where when it came out, but uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a creepy concept and um I thought it was good, but I could probably see why the original has more merit. 
Interesting. But we'll have to see it at some point. We will. Yes. Spoiler alert, we didn't yet. <laughs> but this is what Sarah sent to me. Mm-hmm. She said, um, When a Stranger Calls 1979 is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Um, and for some context, she said, It's based on the urban legend of the girl babysitting, and she starts getting calls from a stranger asking if she's checked the children. And she gets calls all night, and it turns out the guy is calling from inside the house. <laughs> Very scary stuff. It was was so scary, I had to call a friend of mine in Vermont in the middle of the night to talk to while I finished watching it. Wow, that's dedication to go and finish the movie. And I'm curious, too, if they talked at all or if (laughs) she was like, you just stay on the line. I just need to... Isn't that creepier? Because the whole concept of the movie is... A stranger calling. Although it's a friend, but if they're sitting there breathing on the other end, that would make it even scarier. It's very scary. (laughs) Um, Then my brother, for weeks afterward, would threaten to call me while I was babysitting and ask if I'd check the children. Um, And he'd always do it when I was babysitting at this house I called the Scream House because Mm -hmm. it was set back from the road in the woods, and it was all plate glass windows and French doors, primed for serial killers to break in. (laughs) And I'd sit there all freaked out, knowing he was going to call me, and all the same. When the phone did ring, I just about wet my pants, even though I knew it was my stupid brother. I would he, just unplug the phone. Right? You just although But then if there's an emergency or Tim, a real killer coming after yeah, you. Yeah, a real killer. She said he tortured me for weeks with that That's, one. I mean, isn't that family? Don't you just it torture is. each other? That's it. It's family. Do you remember any instances of you trying to scare us? Um, I mean There's probably numerous. But is there any specific ones? Like, off the top of my head, I can't remember if I've ever... Like, I don't have any specific scares. I guess not, actually. Which is weird. There was that time... Which one of us dumped cold water on the other one in the shower? I did. I dumped it on you. You jerk. That was good. But that wasn't a... It was... It was a jump scare. It was. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting there taking a shower, and I had a pot full of cold water. So <laughs> uh, no, actually, that's funny. I can't think of any... Um, but we've had so many scary experiences, like, throughout our life. Yeah. Because of mom. Mom specifically <laughs> forced horror down our yeah, throats. Yeah, mom's method of scaring us was just having us watch movies. Right. I can remember as far back as being, man, maybe eight, seven or eight, and uh, the movie Dolly Dearest. Ooh. I've talked about that a million yeah, times. Yeah, you have. But, it is. Um, it's terrifying. Yeah. And, I mean, to this day, maybe not as scary because I have rewatched it. And yeah. it's still, it's scary to me because it's always been scary. Yeah. But I think if you make other people watch it, they're like, eh, that's something stupid. Because it's just some, like, stupid puppet doll. But, sure. Um, but if you're eight. Right, exactly. And so watching that, certainly uh, on top of, like, the gr- or before watching The Grudge and everything, it cemented my fear of dolls. You know, Chucky. And, yep. and it's not, like, an irrational fear. Like, if I see a doll, I don't run away. But it's certainly like you're not i don't feel super stoked s- you're right i don't feel settled near dolls you i'm just like right they're they're creepy so um i just feel like mom definitely influenced our fear but talking to other people a lot mm. of people don't like scary things or can't handle scary things yeah and uh i just think that's interesting that there are things in this world people won't experience because they're too scared i'm curious like what most horror fans introduction to the genre was because mm-hmm. i definitely have memories of like Pumpkinhead was an example of one that I had talked about for a long time because I mm-hmm. remember it as a kid scaring me. I mean, dude, like I don't think I slept the night I saw it. Mm-hmm. And in my head, it was a very different movie than what I watched recently. It's mm-hmm. still it's pretty scary. And it has that like 80s like grit to it. Yeah. And the monster itself is scary. Mm-hmm. There are portions of the movie that are like goofy. But um, 
I think some of those memories are what brought me back to the genre mm-hmm. um, and why I enjoy it and why I have fun with it. But I wonder if there's anyone who got into it. Well, I'm sure there is, but like the percentage of people who have some sort of introduction to it when they were younger versus people who just got into the genre as they got older. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's one way or the other. Like my kids have not really seen anything super scary, mm-hmm. but they've seen they've seen monsters and stuff. Yeah. And they've seen things that are a little bit like on on the creepier side. But like mm-hmm. I'm sure Scooby Doo was an introduction for a lot of kids at one point right. to like the concept of suspense and monsters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then there was probably, you know, a ton of people out there who like not until later because they weren't allowed to watch horror or anything along those lines until they were older. Right. I feel like ours is probably more we were introduced to it when you were young. Yeah, just like mom had it on the background. She's like, they're not going to remember. It's, you know, it's it won't affect them. And meanwhile, we're tuned in like as focused as we've ever been on Michael Four Myers. Four years old, <laughs> watching <laughs> Michael Myers stab some people. Why can't you sleep tonight, boys? Oh. No reason, mom. See, you're in an interesting position, though, because you have kids where you can expose them to horror stuff, if you want. <laughs> you know, you're, you're kind of at the position. It's like, Simi, do you want to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, I don't, think I'd, I don't think I'd go there. <laughs> no, but... She was trying to convince me to go into... Take her into a haunted house the other day, and... Those are intense. They are, mm-hmm. and I don't, think, I don't think she could really take it. I was surprised that she wanted to, mm-hmm. and I was on the fence because she wanted to try it, Yeah, but I didn't... I don't know that she would have slept that night. It's too too uh, tense. I think. Yeah, it's and they're really tension. they're really gruesome on the inside. That's know? my that was my concern. Mm-hmm. I because like the you know I don't really want to expose them to like the levels of gore <laughs> that, that you, you might see in some of those things. Yeah, um, <laughs> and also once you it's one of those things where once you are in there, you can't get out. You right. have to go through it. Right. There's no. Uh, there may be emergency exits, but mm-hmm. generally it's not the case. Yeah, you're, you're stuck in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess there would be emergency exits. Maybe, but you still had to go through the scary stuff. Yeah, you know. Well, I didn't do it. Well, good. Do you have any other uh, stories? No, that's all I have. I got some more. Oh, let's hear another story. Oh, we could save them. Save them. We'll say I got a two. I got two more stories. Okay, but they'll come later. Oh, oh, so like little treats, little treats sprinkled in, sprinkled throughout the episode. Yucca. Yeah, that was a little something in my throat. Yeah, that's okay. Um, what do you want to go into TV? We'll start I, with some of these things. Yeah, I think TV was what we have first. Yeah. Yeah. Television. Beautiful. We're here with our first listener suggestion. Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> I was just letting you ride that one out. Appreciate it, man. Tales from the Crypt. Ooh, well done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, this suggestion comes from Catherine LaJoy. Thanks, LaJoy, of the Catherine variety. Yes. Super stoked about this one. I freaking love Tales from the Crypt. You do love Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw, you know, I've seen episodes in my day, but mm-hmm. I absolutely needed a refresher. Yep. Um, there's This brought up a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. So <laughs> Everything. I, like, in general, so I asked you, like, what should I watch? Because mm-hmm. you have... Do you have every season on DVD? So I was collecting the DVDs just as they were coming out. It was funny because um, as a kid, Tales from the Crypt scared the crap out of me. Yeah. Freaked me out. Uh, this this is a HBO specific. Um, the episodes are 30 minutes, right? 
Um, 30 minutes yeah. or so. They're, yeah, right around. Yeah, so it was just on HBO, so you had to pay to watch the, this show mm. at the time. Um, and so I don't know how I saw it as a kid, honestly. Maybe it was yeah. reruns at the time. But this this was in the 90s. This came out in the 90s. That's a good question. I don't know how. You're right, because it was on HBO. This was one of those things I was really interested to revisit, because you have a certain memory in your head. Because mm-hmm. of the time period it's from, for us, Yep, it's, it. you know... Uh, my memories of it are that it's very, very scary. Yes. And then you get older and you actually get into horror and the genre itself. So you've seen some things mm-hmm. and you wonder if I go back and watch this, are they actually going to be scary? Like what's the level of fright that I'm going to experience? Yes. Also, I remember the Tales from the Crypt movies mm-hmm. like um, Demon Knight specifically. Right. That movie scared the crap out of me as I a kid. I don't remember that movie very Dude, much, unfortunately. But that movie terrified me as a kid. And there were two of them, right? Demon Knight and or Tales from the Crypt movies. Bordello of Blood, I think, the was one? the. It was another one. Mm-hmm. I never saw that one. It's interesting that they made those movies. They must have been mm-hmm. stories that were too big to just keep contained in. An well, episode. I think the whole thing. It's like the uh, we talked about Mystery Science Theater three thousand, where mm-hmm. like you have a TV show. If it's doing well, they would you know bring it to the big screen to so, get more money. Yeah. which is funny. I don't. You don't really see that anymore because of the way things are now. You don't see like a... They do TV movies like... Um, yeah. Well, like Teen Titans Go, that had a movie in the theaters. That's true. Um, but I'm thinking like uh, TV shows that would be akin to this kind of thing. Like uh, Rachel's been watching Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Mad Men didn't re- did really well. There wasn't a Mad Men movie that came to theaters. Even... Uh, am I... So I haven't watched it, so I might be speaking out of turn here, but... Breaking Bad, aren't they doing a movie, but it's not like going to theaters? It came out already. It came out. Yep. (laughs) So it had a select theater showing and Netflix. Came out on Netflix. Um, But it was was more of a social experiment to see if this was available in theaters, would people go in the theater? Because it was really same time as Netflix in the theaters. Interesting. Okay. So they were seeing if people would go to the theaters for that experience, because it's such a big series. Yeah. Um, to have the pull of the theater of uh, fans who want to go see it. Yeah. Um, and it ended up being way more on Netflix, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were surprised at the number of people that went to the theaters That's to cool. see it. So sort of testing that idea that we're thinking of. like mm-hmm. they That is a thing I feel like used to happen is if a TV show was doing really well, mm-hmm. bring it to theaters. Um, now, every I mean, viewership is so much in home yep. that it's it's just the announcement of a feature-length uh, version of whatever it is that's doing well that is exciting enough to just watch at home. Yes. Um, although, I mean, I'm, we're theater people. Right. So I would choose cool to, to go to the theater <laughs> over anything yeah. else. But it's certainly like there's a lot of people who would prefer just to stay home yeah. and watch it on their TV in the comfort of their home. And I don't blame them because, right. you know, if the new Star Wars came out on Netflix in the theater... I would be torn. I, I've seen them all in the theater. Well, at least yeah. the recent ones. I would probably still go in the theater, but to yeah. have it at home, I might just like do a little taste test before <laughs> I go to the movie. And be like, oh, I'll watch a minute of it. You yeah. know, just watch this fight for a second. But, anyways, Tales from the Crypt is interesting because it's based off a comic book series. Right. It originated from dark, grotesque horror <laughs> comics. Um, and I think that's super cool that they brought it so many years later because it dealt with major censorship at the time because comic books were being censored big mm. time um, because there was a big push from parents and all that stuff. Um, and so they it became more of an underground comic because they were still releasing them, but just without the seal of uh, comic book approval. Which um, is really cool. I did notice that at the beginning of each one, you know, based on the story published in, you mm-hmm. know, whichever comic and or magazine. Um, and that the idea of horror comics is so cool to me. I think mm-hmm. it's like the... the um, 
what's the word like the pulp art that you kind of see is that yeah. the term yeah. i'm looking it's, for yeah like, it's good. they have like pulp fiction and stuff like that like yeah like, like um yeah, no, pulp it art. It just feels like an old school idea. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know that they are out there and things that fall within the genre, but like horror comics, like these mm-hmm. anthology kind of um, comics are such a cool concept to me and, and uh, such a cool medium for the genre. Yeah. And I feel like you don't see it as much. My brain immediately goes to these older things where comics were called comic magazines, mm-hmm. and that's where you would oh find the latest Tales from the Crypt story, yep. you know? Um, but it is cool that they brought it to TV. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they brought an animated show. I don't know if you've oh, ever seen remember that. that um so that was aimed more at like a younger crowd right yeah yeah okay. yeah so, um so i watched i was terrified of the live action show but i loved the cartoon yeah and it's the same exact concept it's scary stories from the comic books made for kids huh. so a little more tame but i would say certainly still creepy yeah i mean the very first episode you have this kid going into a haunted house um, and it's pretty simplistic as far as like themes go or whatever. He's just running through the house with all these crazy antics going on. Um, but it does uh, do a good job of capturing the fear of Tales yeah. from the Crypt uh, just in a cartoon form. That's a thing that happened, I guess, because I'm thinking immediately of like the Beetlejuice mm-hmm. animated series. And they, you know, they had, um, there were so many weird animated series based off of things. I mean, they had the Street Fighter cartoon, they had the Mortal Kombat cartoon, yeah. like off of games. And uh, the 90s are just a cool time yeah, in such general. A cool time. Um, yeah. So that, exposed me more to Tales from the Crypt. And yeah. then as I got older, I was like, I remember these being creepy, but I'm so... It was like a morbid curiosity because I sure. was terrified. The Crypt Keeper scared me just because he was creepy, <laughs> creepy design. Um, but as I got... This was my like, early teens, you know, um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get these and start watching them. And then it became this kind of like big thing where I was like, I'm going to get the whole series and watch them all. Have you seen them all? So I got up to season four. That's the last one okay. I purchased. And then um, I just stopped for whatever reason. Do you know uh, how many there are? I think there's nine seasons. Wow. Um, and I don't even know if these DVD sets are available. They could be in Blu-ray. I don't know if they're rare. I don't know much about them, but uh, I was very happy I got them. I did almost try to sell them once because <laughs> I was poor and Close one. as a kid, you want to just sell things. Are you so glad you didn't? I am glad All I right, didn't because cool. I do want to revisit these and kind of go through them. They survived um, the purge. They did. That's how I like to you know, refer to my media that's survived my <laughs> stupid moments of, I'm just going to get rid of everything. I And it makes me sad because I don't have a lot i did sell because i used to get like you know two or three games or whatever and then sell them once i beat them because i couldn't afford Mm -hmm. uh you know new games so uh it's sad to look at my collection to be like i bought all these (sighs) games like two years ago three years ago there's some i have from my childhood but not much some people know the purge as one horror story Mm -hmm. we know the purge is a very different oh way different (laughs) (laughs) it is and your purge (laughs) makes me sad yours is like a catastrophe they talk about I for have, years and years. <laughs> I have various purges that we could reference. The, oh. the other day, I went to look for a Blu-ray that mm-hmm. I thought oh, I owned the Dark Knight collection on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I don't have it. Oh, I'm, you got rid of it? I'm, apparently. You sucker. Dude, I don't know. I'm not that I'm not that man anymore. Yeah. People can change. Don't uh, judge me. Uh, you know, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so um, with Tales from the Crypt, when you do you remember what you saw first? Like, are you saying you saw the live action first? Um, so, yeah, as a kid, yeah, I re- you already had that fear embedded in you. <laughs> right. And then I found the cartoon. There was this very, like, uh, short window where we had DirecTV. Mm, yeah. And DirecTV had this on-demand service. I remember the days. And so there were three shows um, that I specifically watched that I have not seen again since then. But it was just, like, I watched it every week. It was, like, Saturday morning cartoons. Mm. So it was Tales from the Crypt. And the other two, I can't remember the names. All right, nice. <laughs> that was a fun uh, jaunt down memory lane. Thanks, you know, Thank it was you. great. Well, one, Frankie Muniz was the voice of the main character. It was another creepy cartoon. It was all, like, scary stuff. Um, 
something mysteries, Morville mysteries or something. I don't know. I forgot what it was called. And then the other one was an anime that I I found out the name like a few years ago, and then I forgot to write it down. So, but anyways, <laughs> all that being said, Tales from the Crypt has a very special place in my heart. Yeah, because. I was terrified of it, watched the cartoon, loved the cartoon. And then went back. Went back to the live action and fell in love again because the stories, I mean, are pretty dark. Yeah. Um, but they're all good because they have that twist usually. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like a... Um, it, Twilight Zone. It's Twilight Zone. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking of. And it, this was cool because when we saw the suggestion come in from Catherine, you were like, oh, I have those. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a, a series that, like I said, I haven't revisited in so long. And what I'm, do you remember how they aired? Like, was it one 30 minute episode or was it like an hour long? Because there are so many of them. If you have fo- like this, where we have season two in front of us and yeah. it's what like five discs so it's funny on the back it says 486 minutes yeah they so have like, it quantified i don't uh, remember and there's 18 episodes um i don't remember if I'm they aired the like math, a 30 minute episode at a time or if they did um I, in my head i thought they were an hour long but that might just be the first season that has hour long mm-hmm. episodes well and they did i love the setup of the show with mm-hmm. The Crypt Keeper as the host, and yep. he sets up the the story. It and then... feels so comfortable to me, like homey. <laughs> like I I love the feeling of seeing him, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to be in for a good time. <laughs> and then he like caps off the episode with like a little pun or whatever. Like yeah, oh, I think totally. it's set up super well. Yeah, we're gonna have a frightfully good time. <laughs> like they, just all the little puns he he's, he puts out there, and mm-hmm. also like I love the uh, it does set up this in-home like entertainment experience mm-hmm. like as he's setting you up for the story i want to like Ooh, let me get my popcorn yeah let's stuff. get by the get fire popcorn. get so it's it's i love it i love it so it's much. great so the episode that you told me to watch was uh is it called the ventriloquist dummy i believe so so right off the bat i i mentioned how this this brought up a lot of things that i wanted to discuss there is not anything like this on tv right now mm-hmm. or anywhere where there's a like a regularly scheduled programming mm-hmm. that includes all these well-known actors mm-hmm. and some of them were maybe more up and coming at the time that these were filmed. I mean, the first episode yeah. in disc one has Demi Moore in it. Yeah. Like, and so the one that you had me watch the ventriloquist dummy mm-hmm. has, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, Don Rickles mm-hmm. and Bobcat Goldthwait and, they're both great in it, and it's just this short little thing. Like, I was just thinking, how cool would it be if this was on now? Like, mm-hmm. if they rebooted Tales from the Crypt. Which they are. Are they? Mm-hmm. M. Night Shyamalan. Really? Yep. I don't know where it is in production right now. Um, it was announced last year, I it's think. A, it's going to be like this? Like an anthology TV show? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I believe they're bringing back the Crypt Keeper, too. Okay, so that's exciting. That is because exciting. I was watching it. I was like, "How cool would it be if you know to see which actors and actresses are going to be on this week's episode of Tales from the Crypt?" Yeah, because at the time, uh, there's actually a documentary on this, which is pretty cool. It's like 20 minutes or whatever, okay. and so they talk about on it specifically how they go and find all these famous directors in Hollywood, and it's like, "Hey, you don't really get the opportunity to direct horror stuff because you know you're like Steven Spielberg." They say they go to Spielberg, and it's like, "Yeah, you did Jaws and stuff." Um, but you haven't really done any horror in a while. Do you want to like jump on a quick episode? And he was like, no, but I love that you're asking me. And they actually, I don't remember any directors specifically off the top of my head, Mm. but they said a lot of them jumped at the opportunity because it is just a short little Like how cool is that? It's amazing. You know what I mean? Because that, you're right, doesn't necessarily exist because we have shows like uh, Black Mirror that has some famous people in it, some famous directors. Right, okay, that's... But they're much bigger projects, mm. and they're uh, longer episodes, and they only release like six or seven episodes uh, a season. Yeah. 
And so for this to have 18 episodes, each a different director and different stars in it, Mm -hmm. it just opens up so many doors for random actors. Right. And I I guess that's a good point. There are things like, you know, the American Horror Story season that had Lady Gaga in it Mm -hmm. and the Black Mirror episode that had um, Miley Cyrus in it. Or was that a movie? No, that was that was an episode. That was an episode. Yep. Um, so there are little things like that, but not like this where each episode has its own, like, not just one, but like mm-hmm. a collection of well-known comedians or actors and actresses. And um, it, that was just really cool to see. So the concept was just really striking me because I'm like, there's not really anything like this right now. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I'm interested to see how that gets relaunched. Um, and along with what I was saying, where you kind of, you're not sure what to expect when revisiting something like this, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, definitely... HBO. Yes. Uh, it's it's gory. Um, it's it's aggressive and dark, but it's at least that episode had a. Um, you told me this is your favorite episode. It has an Evil Dead vibe to it. Yes. Where it has like a, a kind of a comedic reveal. Mm-hmm. And because the whole episode is centered around comedy, you know, it's like he's, right. he's got this ventriloquist dummy mm-hmm. routine where, you know, he's going back and forth with this dummy. Uh, and as the episode goes on, you start learning more and more about this dummy specifically. Yeah. And uh, the twist is, I'm not going to say it, but it's super fascinating because you're like, I didn't see that coming at all. Right. I was going to say, I mm-hmm. thought I knew what the twist was going to be. Yep. And I think maybe it's written that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got me. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I think I like it because it's so goofy, but also creepy. Like it's you all day when you, when the reveal happened, I was like, this is, of course this is Tim's favorite episode. Of course it is. Um, it's, it's, it's really great. It's, uh, it's, they're just fun. Yeah. And it is, I don't know. it, It was so funny. It's hard to like not. I wouldn't even want to describe what the twist is because <laughs> you really have to see it, it happen. It's super, you're just like, what? <laughs> it's in, uh, the, I mean, that's the main thing that I wanted to say about it is, um, you know, I, I watched that episode and then I watched another one called the sacrifice, mm-hmm. uh, which was, a, a more serious, like, um, it, I guess more, yeah, more serious. It was like a thriller. Yeah, it it had more of a thriller vibe, and it was reminding me a lot of a few episodes ago we talked about the the horror collection that I've been reading through, Mm -hmm. and you're seeing these different uh, versions of horror stories. It is very similar, where you're you're getting, you know, that that comedic piece that we watch, which was still very, like, it's very brutal and dark, but it is funny. Like, I Mm -hmm. laughed a couple times, and just like, oh, this is ridiculous. Like, what's happening right now? And then the one that I watch absolutely is like a thriller and feels very reminiscent of a time, of its time Mm -hmm. um, with the twist and the drama in it and things like that. And they do it all within the, you know, whatever it is, 25 to 35 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're these fun, really cool, like little stories. I just think the anthology method of telling stories is like one of my favorites. I'm with you. I think it's one of my favorites because it, you get so many different stories and tales like, in such a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And for a series, like you have the, what's the word? Like the casing for the episode. You get the Crypt Keeper at the beginning, Crypt yeah. Keeper at the end, and then a mystery story in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it's that aspect of like, oh, what are we watching this week? Yeah. That that makes anthology so good. And that's why Twilight Zone and, uh, I are, mean. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Are You Afraid of the Goosebumps? Like it's just all just fun. Mm-hmm. You, you never have to invest too much because it's just like you got your 30 minute episode, your hour long episode right. and you're you're good. I feel like horror for some reason lends itself better to anthologies. That's mostly all anthologies, really, because I, I guess you can kill off your characters easier. Maybe. And like have horror generally has more twists than I think most other things. I feel like in books there are a lot of like like, are there like action sci- anthologies. Uh, there's like sci fi and mm-hmm. fantasy ones. I mean, I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. But I can't think of like a. There's no, like, rom-com anthologies. <laughs> <laughs> um, wasn't there Valentine's Day? Isn't that one? 
Uh, I don't know. I never saw it. Is that, oh, are those like anthology stories? Yeah. Well, I think they tell a bunch of different stories, but they all combine at the end. So that's, know, I like, feel like that's one big story. I guess. They're all like short, different stories in yeah. it, though. Yeah, I don't know. But I guess not necessarily. Anyways, anthologies are beautiful. They're great. <laughs> and uh, Tales from the Crypt is uh, it's a, it's a leader in its, uh, in its pack, I would I say. I would say if you were to jump in to any season mm. or Tales from the Crypt, season two, I think, particularly has some really good yeah, episodes. Yeah, like if someone wanted to check it out, see if they're into it. Yes. Okay. Season two is like, because the first season's good. It's only, I think, six six or eight episodes. I okay. don't remember. It's short. Yeah. Um, and the episodes are good, but don't leave as much of an impact because it's like their first season. They're practicing getting used sure. to it. So the second season, they have their stride. They have a good mix of uh, really scary stories, goofy stories. Um, they kind of go all over the place. So... I would say that's the best place to start, especially because they have the birth of the Crypt Keeper hidden in here in one of the episodes. Ooh, what's the title of that episode? I was going to keep it a secret, but whatever. Lower Birth. Lower Birth. Yes. It's a super weird episode. Yeah. And if you go into it not knowing what the ending is going to be, I'm apologizing for spoiling it ahead of time. It's super weird when you watch. I think actually at the beginning of the episode, he says it's about his birth or something, but... Anyways, it's super so weird. weird. It's a super strange episode, but awesome. I want to awesome. watch that one. Um, and Tales from the Crypt, that. I actually found most episodes on YouTube for free. You really? can just watch the whole episode. Oh, this one? Uh, I like the live action one? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, which was weird. They had There's a playlist, and it was like, here's Tales from the Crypt. And oh, it sweet. had like 50-something episodes. I was like, that's really weird. That is weird. Um, so it's not super hard to find, but cool. I love it. The cartoon's really worth revisiting, too. Yeah, I'll have to. I, I kind of spaced it until I was looking that up. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to find some of the... Uh, some of the old uh, comics. Yeah. Do you have any? Uh, comics, no. no. I don't even know. They must have a collected set. Maybe. Because I, I assume the comics aren't cheap. Probably they're not. I'll have um, to look that up. Because I don't think they're making them anymore. I don't think so. No, no. I wouldn't imagine so. Mm -hmm. That's what would be cool. Is that would. Hunting down the, uh, the old editions. Yes. And then comparing it. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That would be kind of tight. Mm -hmm. I think they were published in like magazine form where they were the, like these short stories. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't. I don't know if there were multiple per book or... I'm not sure. Huh. I don't know Curious. Too much. Yes. Next time on The Creep Up. On The Creep Up. So it'll be one year from now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Halloween special number two. Yeah. I. Uh, the other thing that I thought was funny is that this was a dummy episode. Mm -hmm. And ventriloquist dummies, I think, are going the way of the clown. Where now, I associate clowns more with horror than mm -hmm. what clowns actually, actually are. are. Yeah. And same thing with, like, this classic-looking ventriloquist dummy. Mm -hmm. um, I was at uh, a haunt the other day, and one of the dude's costumes was just a ventriloquist dummy just a that looked just like this one or the one from Goosebumps, Night mm -hmm. of the Living Dummy. They all look the same. They're, like, little That's guys the guy. in, in suits. The suit yep. with the red, like, uh, a uh, bow tie. tie yep. Yep. It's all that guy. Yeah. I, I mean, is ventriloquism even a thing anymore? Well, yeah, it's a thing. There are a couple comedians that uh I know, like, Jeff do. Dunham. Yeah. Um... But I just don't know if it's like as prevalent now as it was back in the day. Uh, I saw a young girl do a really great ventriloquist act on America's Got Talent recently. Well, good for her. Yeah. Too bad it's a dying art. Wow. Damn, <laughs> aggressive. Way to crush some dreams. Poor little girl hey, decided to waste her time. Somebody's got to bring it back. So Yeah, I hope I hope it's little girl Jenkins over there. Little girl Jenkins. That's her name. Little lady Jenkins with the ventriloquist talent for the masses right wow that was i let you just go with that do you plan on watching any more tales from the crypt this season 
I do. I think this sparked my interest again, and I wanna I wanna first look at the other seasons to see where they are mm-hmm. uh, value wise. I want to see if I can get the whole. Oh, collection. now you want them all. See, just, this uh, this listener generated episode is gonna cost us money. It I is. Think, in in the, the end, end, it's it's more expensive <laughs> than anything else. But I do I do appreciate it because I'll take any excuse to talk about Tales from the Crypt. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Catherine, for that suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from here. We go into oh, dude, movies, movies. Yes. Ooh, ooh, let's go to the movies. All right, I'm gonna kick this one off with another story kiki, kiki. from a friend. From a friend. Uh, so our buddy Eric mm-hmm. left us a comment on Instagram and said, "I never saw the movie, but just the commercial for Quarantine gave me nightmares. Ooh. I was younger when I saw it, and I don't do scary stuff." Now, mm-hmm. I talked to Eric, and I got more of the story, and, and I'm going to try to do it justice because it made me laugh when he was telling me. Um, essentially, he was, I believe he was watching a football game with his dad, and mm-hmm. he said he was around like 10 years old. Oh, and it's always 10 years old. It's always 10. <laughs> something bad happens when you're 10. Because um, you're like just old enough to be terrified by something, and Maybe it has it. to do with like times you're awake. Like mm-hmm. he was, he, you're old enough to be like up a little bit later watching watching a game with old dad. Yeah, and with that's good old dad. Good old dad. And then uh, you know sometimes the horror trailers come out at night, <laughs> so that's, that's um, when they should come exactly. out. Exactly. So he told me uh, his dad got up to uh, go do something like use the bathroom or go to the kitchen, something like that. And uh, so he was just in the living room by himself and the quarantine trailer came on. And for anyone who doesn't know, quarantine was, I want to say it came out around the same time as that movie wreck. Uh, uh, I think a little after it, but it's that it's like right at the like beginning the, of the found footage. It, yeah, stuff. exactly. And it's basically where you're, you know, way after Blair Witch. Yes. Um, but it's. But nothing really spawned after. Like it was Blair Witch and then nothing for a while. Right. And then these, a couple movies, those are the two that always come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, 2008 Quarantine came out. And Rec. then wasn't the other one just Wreck? Yeah, Wreck like came out in 2007. Okay, so, so they were right next to each yeah. other. Um, and basically, both of the movies utilize this night vision handy cam view that mm-hmm. made Outlast the scariest game on the planet. <laughs> and, um, so... Um, yeah, so that trailer came on and just the trailer scared him enough that he said his dad came back in the room and Eric was standing in the corner crying <laughs> his eyes out, <laughs> like terrified. And what, kids. <laughs> what made me laugh is he said his dad was just like, what happened? Like, what could have happened in the time I was gone? Um, so it just, it, it reminded me of that, that movie, just that, uh, that visual mm-hmm. of being, because I, I, I wish I looked up the trailer, but I remember the visual of like the girl hiding. Mm-hmm. And oh, he told me actually it is. It's exactly what's right here. Where the, she gets dragged away. She gets dragged yeah. away. Yep. And that's what did it for him. He was mm-hmm. like, oh God, like that's, <laughs> that's it. And um, that's funny because that's the only part of the trailer I remember. So like talking to the camera yeah. and then she gets pulled away and it like flashes black. It's like, psh, 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 and yeah. she's being pulled away. Um, but the rest of the trailer I don't remember at all. I think that I think that. Was but the, that's a sign of a good trailer if it's got a scary moment like that that sticks in your head. Yeah, and you know, it's even the poster of the movie. Yeah, it's uh, maybe that's only that's the only thing that happened to the movie. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think is that was that one a remake? Oh yeah, so they're a TV crew. Mm-hmm. Um, I re- I remember watching this one. It was pretty good. I mean, yeah. it, it definitely has that tension. Um, that you expect from a night vision camera trailered movie. That's that's all I ever want. That's all I ever want. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into uh, the movies that oh, we saw. Oh, it is a remake of Wreck. Oh, what? A year later? Yeah, remake of Wreck. 
a television reporter and cameraman follow emergency. Because Rec, I believe, is Spanish, I want to say. Oh, I, So they remade right. it for American audiences. Oh, okay. Um, that makes sense. I think Rex the one that I watched, because I thought I did remember one of them having subtitles. And yeah, so that would make or sense. Or watching one with subtitles. Yeah. I believe that's the case. It was made in, in somewhere. I don't remember. Dude, they but. remade it a year later? Yeah, because it, it was that good. I remember people talking about Rex for years. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, after quarantine and everything. When but, did Outlast come out? <laughs> uh, 2016, I want to say. Really? I think so. Oh, man. Maybe 2017. But Scary business. Anyways, interesting stuff. I want to go watch both of these, I think. Have you seen either of them? No. No? Mm-mm. Really? Yeah. I know. It's weird. There are some movies that just kind of pass it. Like, I've yeah. never seen The Fourth Kind, either. Oh, me neither. I thought yeah. you did. No. Oh, okay. Well, then. I thought you told me to watch The Fourth Kind. Mom told you to watch it. She oh, gave you the DVD right. for it. She did? I think so. I don't think I have it. Yeah, because you sold it. You know what else we were told to watch? Yes. Hereditary. <laughs> I freaking love that movie. Andy Skates suggested this to me. Thanks. And to be fair, Andy has been suggesting this to me for months. <laughs> and I suggested <laughs> and it you to have, you when, when I first saw it. Yeah, my, my friend Zach has been suggesting it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when Andy suggested it for this episode, I was like, all right, I got to watch it. I need to see this movie so everyone can stop yelling at me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about this one first because there's a particular order in which I watched our suggested movies. Which is interesting, the order you took. But You think so? It's good. Well, it's I had good. no idea what I was getting into with either one of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Hereditary. Yeah. What are you pulling up right there? I'm just looking up little facts and tidbits about it. Timbits? Timbits. So, Ari Aster. Nice. Um, this was his... I would say debut yeah. as a director. I mean, he's had other short films and stuff, but this was like his and first big one. written and directed by, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah, director, writer, yeah. actor. Oh, yeah, he uh, he's the voice that calls uh, our main character at one point oh. to ask about an update on a thing she's working on. I see. I read that because I was watching on an Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It is available on Prime. And if you tap the screen while you're watching Prime That's movies, it gives you a little Timbits. Oh, you were watching on your phone? Yeah, I was watching on my phone. You, Here's you, the thing. I yeah. told you I crammed all this stuff. So I had to I had to watch it on breaks. I started it one night because I I finished Tales from the Crypt mm-hmm. episodes, and then I was like, oh, I should start Hereditary. So I started it, and then I was starting to fall asleep just because it was late. Here's the thing: yep. this movie, just as a movie, mm-hmm. is so well done. Yes, um, the cinematography, the it has some of my favorite transitions I think I've ever seen in a I movie. I think I don't know if this is like the initial shot, but it's an early shot where they're. Looking at the model of the house. It's like the opening shot. Yeah, and so they zoom in on one of the rooms, and it's the actual shot that you get of them in the bedroom, like the real thing, but they're miniature. Like, that was so well done, and I remember it specifically because it looks so cool. Yeah, so one of the uh, main characters, what she does is she creates these mini models of real-life scenes, rooms, um, and... What what Tim's referencing is there's a bedroom essentially, and you can tell that it's just a mini model. And then when it zooms in, nothing cuts, nothing changes, and one of our other characters gets up out of bed. And mm-hmm. it's basically just this one straight shot that never cuts, and it looks so good. There's another one 
that is uh, it's an external shot and it's the end of like a pretty intense scene mm-hmm. and it's pitch black outside and then there's the sound design is great too there's some like crashing noise mm-hmm. and it immediately cuts to like next morning or midday yes but it's the exact same shot and mm-hmm. it's just like and yep. everything happens it's all like at once. someone turns on the lights yeah exactly mm-hmm. and it's there these little things that just are done in filming that maintain your attention because you're mm-hmm. like, whoa, like what? Just, uh, uh, and or, or, <laughs> or it's like not a jumpy, like that was one that's like call to attention kind of thing. Yeah. But the one you're talking about, you're just watching and it's like this eerie, like slow moving shot. Really and you're like, slow. what are they showing me? Like, you know, they're, they're honing in on something. Um, so as a movie in general, the, I mentioned the sound, the soundtrack at one point I had to pause the movie because I wasn't sure I was hearing the soundtrack to the movie mm-hmm. or if a car was driving by. And the reason I say that is because there's this like pulsating. There's always this like hum, like this buzzing yeah, hum. But it's like a moom, 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 like this pulsating, like it could almost be like an EDM beat. Yes. So I, at one point, thought I was hearing someone drive by with, like, really loud music, but they mm-hmm. were kind of far away. And then I paused it, and I was like, oh, no, that's the that's, score? Yep. Like, and what's so cool about it is it, it it's very, very unique, mm-hmm. and it does add this eerie, like, tension. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like it's building up to something, but it it doesn't necessarily. It just gives you, like, this, this like, a pulsing experience of what you're watching. Like, mm-hmm. something's off like right. something's happening at the all biggest times. thing is like in horror movies there are scenes that are super quiet you'll mm-hmm. hear nothing uh, and it sets up the tension of the scene right but this always has this hum this this noise the sound effect that you're like even if it's a normal scene where they're talking in the kitchen there's always this creepy hum very yeah. faint in the background and so the entire movie gives you this unsettling feeling because mm-hmm. especially if you don't know what to expect from the movie yeah. it's very much you're on edge the whole time because you're like what yes. why is that noise there why am I uncomfortable why is there and then the movie just keeps going as you're mm-hmm. battling within your brain and then when they do because there are a couple scenes where they do cut the audio mm-hmm. entirely and it's made to have that effect mm-hmm. so something will build up there are a the finale for one, but there are a couple other moments that are so intense that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily see coming. And uh, one particular one with driving oh, <laughs> that uh. is like, what? Yeah. Like, I just. The oh. movie goes from zero to 180 like that. Dude, like, it it's, is. Because it's such a slow burn. It the is. movie is very slow burning and like you're, they're developing the characters and the story and all that stuff. And then. Uh, a scene happens, like they go to a new location and then it just goes downhill escalates. from there. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it escalates and goes downhill. Same thing. Um, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's crazy because it's such a sharp transition mm-hmm. and it's, there's already this like heaviness to the movie and then it just gets way heavier mm-hmm. and things just uh, from there on, that's a moment where, I can think of there's a lot of noise and a lot of things happening and it's loud and then a certain thing happens and then all of a sudden it's like and you're just watching the one of the two characters in that scene Mm -hmm. just deal with what happened and it's quiet for like probably five minutes Mm -hmm. and then it, it just from there like starts building up again it feels like to the finale which is 
It turns way up at the end of this movie. And I I have to watch it like five times to even understand what's going on because yeah. it's so... And it's crazy, like, all the stuff you don't notice. Mm-hmm. Like, specifically, there's... there's <laughs> Coffee. Um, there's, there's a character, like, kind of just chilling in the background for a good portion of the ending part. Yes. And you don't see that character at all unless you really look for it. Like there's a scene where there's like a little light shining and you know, they're there. But if you watch the scene again, they're there the entire time. Really? Yeah. So if you watch it again, but you know, they're just chilling. I think there. I know who you're talking about, but I don't want to mention it. Right. Um, just at the, in the living room. Um, no, before that in the bedroom when the cameras. Oh, that I noticed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that is so creepy. Mm-hmm. So some of, as far as <laughs> like what is scary about this movie, mm-hmm. I would it, say it's not a typical horror movie. No, no, it's it's one of those dreadful burners, mm-hmm. which like is, I I guess, I don't know. That's not. I'm trying to like make up a term for it, but like, <laughs> like the witch, and mm-hmm. we've talked about these just really ominous, like heavy. The horror comes from the dread of the of what's happening. Mm-hmm. There are a couple. What what blows my mind is these these really scary moments where nothing's happening, mm-hmm. and I've seen that in a few different mo- movies now where it's just you're looking at something and it's just scary to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment early on where uh, one of the main characters sees a uh, what she believes to be an apparition of her mother, mm-hmm. and literally nothing is happening. Is it like far away? The mom's it's in the corner heart. of the room. Yep. And we uh, we zone in on the character's face, mm-hmm. and she makes... So what it is is they use that effect of when someone's looking just over your shoulder and mm-hmm. is, like, afraid of something. That's the effect it has, because yeah. it's a straight-on shot of the character, so they're essentially looking at you, mm-hmm. and then they're she's, like, squinting, like, what am I looking at? And you're like, oh, God, they're about to show me something scary. And then it shows what she's looking at, and it's just her mother in, like, a dark corner, mm-hmm. who you know had just passed away. And nothing is happening. It's quiet, but there's just the tension of, like... What's going to happen? Like, is something going to happen? Also, it's creepy because you know she just died. And that's not like a crazy spoiler. It's the opening of the movie is essentially a funeral. Mm -hmm. Um, But that thing that they do where they just create this silent tension and you're just, you just feel scared. Mm -hmm. Nothing scared you, like nothing jumped out at you, but you just feel like, I don't, it is that creepy, like spiders crawling on your neck feeling. You're yes. like, like you're so unsettled. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's the key theme for the whole movie is unsettling moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's an argument that happens like just out of nowhere. It's in the middle of the night and then they just start arguing back and forth. And it is so scary, that mm-hmm. argument, because the way it escalates and the things that happen, like as the argument's going on, you're like, why, why is this? What's going on? Why is this here? And then it ends. The conversations end and, and you're just like, Shaking your head because you're so yeah. in disbelief at how intense that five minute scene made you feel. Right. Um, I I am sad that you saw it on a device on a small screen with headphones because that's a movie I think should be experienced in the theater or at least a dark room with a loud. TV. I wish I saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. I granted I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and because I was telling him I finished it and um, he was saying like he. But within the last 15 minutes, he he loved it, mm-hmm. but he was like, I couldn't wait for it to be over. Yeah. Because it's just, those last 20 minutes mm-hmm. are like, I, it's the last like 10 or 15, I'd say, are the most intense. Mm-hmm. The last 20 is where one conversation is violently interrupted by mm-hmm. something being thrown into fire. Yep. And there are a couple shocking things that you're like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> like, I didn't, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Right. And so you're dealing with that. And as you're dealing with that, it brings you, one thing I think it does brilliantly is 
It'll show an event happening, and then you know you're just waiting to see the reaction of someone finding out that that thing happened. Yes. There are two key moments where that happens. One is the car thing. Yep. The other one is the fire thing. Yep. And it's really well done because I you see the thing happen, and then you're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen when this person discovers that this thing happened? Mm-hmm. And you're literally just watching that happen, and that's just interesting. It's just watching human reaction. Yeah. Ah, it was really good, dude. I really liked it. It's it's seriously it's so incredible because I think they all nailed their roles too, like the actors oh, and yeah, the actresses and it. It's, it's like beautifully they done. they perform so well. Mm-hmm. And it's a movie I don't expect uh like horror movies I don't expect like fantastic acting. I expect good acting, but generally they kinda like because people get killed, maybe they don't do as good as a <laughs> as a they're like well i'm gonna die 20 minutes in so i'll do okay i don't but, know that that's a thing for actors i don't think no, yeah, that's true it's like ah, i'm in a horror movie oh, i but, die in this one i'm gonna phone it in yeah it's like ah, i don't need to put in the effort no but i mean like i guess there's like kind of a level where i don't expect like oscar level performances in horror movies yeah it really i mean it really depends on what sort of movie it is mm-hmm. like what I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. I think in general, there's not always an expectation on that, which is why this sort of wave of these, like, I don't know, it feels like these, like, high-tier, like, horror films. Yeah. It's a different thing. It's... Like, I could say the same for It. Like, I think the actors nailed it mm-hmm. in in, yep. in the movies. And But even that, that felt like more of, like, a blockbuster horror. Right. Which is not always a thing. Mm-hmm. Where this felt like this um it was like an indie similar to like joker i feel like you would see um like joker played in like a small cd theater in the corner of a dark city Mm -hmm. you would watch this movie right afterwards in the same theater yep um and and i mean you're right it's everything about it that's kind of why i started off saying like the movie as a film Mm -hmm. it's just great yes as a horror it is also great Mm -hmm. and you need to like watch an episode of friends afterwards <laughs> yeah you really you need a hug after like even in the theater i left like uncomfortable you yeah know? oh totally and and walking home or not walking home but walking to the car walking and, home in the rain the thunderstorm <laughs> as you know as a car drives by me um it splashes you the, sidewalk. <laughs> the hulk sad music and <laughs> walking away um yeah the movie just left a really solid creepy impression on me yeah. like i just felt <clears throat> uncomfortable after watching it and and you kind of mentioned too like having to rewatch it to really figure out what's going on i think part of the heaviness you're left with mm-hmm. is in that finale they dump every like so much on you the entire movie i think like as good as the beginning like hour however long the movie is like before you get to the last 20 it's a minutes, little over two hours uh, two hours yeah. so the first hour and 40 minutes or whatever honestly there's not a ton that happens mm-hmm. like there is as far as the movie goes in a grand scale, yes, there's a lot that happens, but everything builds up to that very end. And then yeah. all of it gets dumped on you and you're like, ah, yeah. you have like a seizure because you can't handle it's it. It's so much. <laughs> it's information. Yep. It's, you know, callbacks to certain things that happened and you're like, oh, this is why this and this mm-hmm. is why that. But then you're also dealing with this new information of how like, uh, uh, I can't even begin to describe some of the things that happen. Um, but you're just, you're assessing these new things are being given while also tying it back to things that happened before mm-hmm. and dealing with the fact that this is the end of the movie. Right. Like this is it. This is how it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't thought about it till I kind of mentioned it a minute ago, but I think the, uh, the pacing of the movie could be, um, it could be compared to Joker mm-hmm. where, or vice versa. Cause obviously hereditary came out first, but it is a very long 
sort of study mm-hmm. where Joker is you you referred to Joker as this character study of one mm-hmm. character. This one's kind of like a character study of a family. Right. And it the the end is just what you were building up towards the whole time. Mm-hmm. The difference is I did not have any clue yes. how this movie was going to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was waiting because of the reviews I'd heard of it and, and people talking about how great it was and how scary it was. I was like, something something wicked is on its way something, at the so, end of this yeah. movie. And it's hard to live up to the hype, for sure, because mm-hmm. this movie was very hyped up. And mm-hmm. I'm glad I saw it when I did, because it was before all the hype. I mean, it was getting good reviews, but I wasn't going in like, it was going to be the best horror movie yeah. ever. I still don't think that, but it is a really, really good. It's like it's great. top 10 for sure for me. Like, yeah. As far as theater experiences go, too, like, uh, you know, occasionally, like, seeing Perfect Blue in the theater, that was, like, an amazing experience. That was cool, yeah. I just really love the movie and everything, so it was great to see it in the theater. Like, it's just one of those experiences that'll stick with me for a long time because yeah. of how um, powerful the movie is. And to your point, I would definitely see it again. Mm-hmm. And if it came out in theaters, it would I would count it worth it to go see it in a theater. Um, I might rewatch it anyways because I wa- there were a couple times. There's one time I was watching it and I had bad service. Mm-hmm. It was near the end when oh. that character you're talking about in the room. Yes, it was kind of pixely, mm-hmm. so it took me a minute to verify uh, to, to see like what was see going, what was on. going yeah. on. But then it it almost made it creepier because I was like, "What am I looking? Oh, 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 oh there oh, it is." Oh, oh. <laughs> um, but I it definitely um, just from just how how good the movie looks, mm-hmm. um, I can definitely see why that's it's a theater wor- worthy film. For yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. Um, so so glad I finally seen that. I need I, to see I, Midsummer. Yes, I haven't seen that one yet yeah. either. Um, I'm really glad you saw it too because yep. it is, especially for how much you love horror and everything, yeah. it's worth a watch. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's so great. Um, so the night I finished that, mm-hmm. I immediately moved on to our next movie suggestion, which came from Jesse, Jesse Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. Nice. Hey, man, you yeah. got the stereo announcement. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is another one that you've, you've mentioned and I've heard, I've heard tale of over the years and mm-hmm. it came out a while ago. It at did. This it, point. Yeah. It was um, old. Not like super old, but. Twenty. I know it's in the year two thousand. It's in the year two thousand. <laughs> the movie is VHS. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. It's VHS. Yeah, the, the movie's, movie's v- not twenty twelve. The movie's VHS. Yeah, have you twenty twelve? Twenty twelve. Have you seen that movie? I uh, I don't think I saw that one. It's terrible. Yeah, that's it's what got I- that guy, John Cusack. And John Cusack's in yeah. 2012? Yeah. Is that like the disaster movie? Yeah. Where oh, it's like, yeah. No, 2012 I didn't see that. was the end of the world. Can you believe they made a movie based off of uh, like an internet thing? What do you mean? <laughs> Just that like. like a... Well, because the idea was the world was going to end in 2012 because yeah. the Mayan calendar ended. Oh, blah, blah, right, blah. right, right. So they made a whole movie based around that, about that, yeah. that, that fear. It's weird. It is weird. Anyways, it's not. It's VHS to, to solidify <laughs> it. The movie is VHS. Um, I mean, another anthology, right? Mm-hmm. I was gonna bring that up. It is, and I, I thought I had remembered it that being the case, um, and how it was described to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I kind of forgot. I was like, I think it's an anthology. I don't really know what I'm getting into, which was kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um. I mean, I don't know if you want to start talking about this. I ha- what I wanted to say is after finishing Hereditary and immediately moving to this movie, mm-hmm. I have to say by the end of it, I felt like I needed a break. Like <laughs> I felt I felt like dirty mm-hmm. and like so that word can have a lot of different connotations, but it it was partially like the you had too much evil on you. Yeah, it was like the <laughs> griminess and 
of the way that Hereditary ends mm-hmm. without giving any specifics, and then the filming of and the stories that happen in VHS. Yes. I just felt like afterwards I was like, oh, I am like... It's a lot. Yeah, because <laughs> VHS jumps between a lot of different horror ideas. Yeah. Um, being an anthology, it's five different directors, right? I think there's five stories total. I think there are, yeah, including um, the overarching. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's four, like, mini stories mm-hmm. and then, well, four stories and then the overarching one. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, VHS is really neat because it's a found footage movie in the style of uh, VHS, mm-hmm. you know? So they are lower quality as far as, like, modern-day filming goes. Um, And so the main premise is, I believe it's these, like, punks, these group of, like, criminals... and they don't they like break into a house and find a bunch of VHS tapes? Yeah. So essentially, what it is is they um, they the movie opens with them, and like you mentioned, everything is filmed like an over the shoulder VHS recorder. Yes. Um, all the short stories and this this overarching story, and it starts with them just doing kind of terrible things mm-hmm. and filming it, and then it it is implied that they make money off these tapes that they make. Yeah. Um. So that right off the bat, I felt like, ugh. Yeah. Like, that initial scene is definitely like, it doesn't really set a tone for the whole movie because the rest of the movie's not <sighs> like that. It's not. But it's gr- like a gross start. That like, I will mm. say that's kind of like my least favorite part of it, which yeah. I get. You know, they're setting it up, mm-hmm. but they. I didn't like it either. Yeah. I was like, ah. So I I will say that for the movie, like, and I don't think it's the type of thing that anyone likes. I don't think anyone right. watches that and is like, yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that thing. But um, they essentially they uh, they assault a girl in a, a parking garage, and it's a it's a pretty quick scene. But mm-hmm. it, you know, it's just one of those things that's like, oh, I don't want to watch that. It's like, that. great, what am I getting into? Yeah, exactly. With that? Yeah. But it, they really use it to establish who this group of kids is and they're, mm-hmm. you know, rowdy teenagers and they film these things. And like I said, it's implied that they make money off this stuff. It's kind of like the, um, they do mention YouTube early on, mm-hmm. but it's interesting because they're filming on these VHS things. Right. It's like, so lower it's like, quality. that part is kind of interesting because mm-hmm. someone mentions, like, oh, he's, he, this guy saw your stuff on YouTube. Because it is based in modern day, right? Yeah. At the time. So. Yeah. But it, like the way they're filming things is just, it, maybe that's just, I don't know, it's cheap and easy to do it yeah, that way. Yeah. Uh, iPhones weren't, well, they were relative. Relatively yeah. prevalent at the time. You could definitely take a video on it. <laughs> you could. That's um, it. <laughs> but uh, regardless, uh, it has this this charm of all being this consistently not great quality. Yeah. Um, so what happens is this group of kids, uh, one of them says, hey, you know, I know you made like 50 bucks for this short that we did, but um, I have a guy who told me we can make way more money in one night. All we have to do is go into this guy's house and find this one VHS tape. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're like, what are you talking about? What is that? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, I don't know. He said he saw some of your stuff on YouTube. And then to which one of the kids responds like, I didn't, I, we don't put our name on anything. How's that even possible? They kind of just gloss over that. Yep. Um, and the rest of the movie is them breaking into this old guy's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and they end up finding a, um, well, I don't know. I guess that's, that's pretty much it. They're in there. I don't need to say too much else, but this is an ongoing storyline mm-hmm. as the, uh, as the um, anthology stories take place. Yeah. So they're in this house, they find the VHS and individually they start, watching it to see like what is this because they're like is this the tape i'm looking for i don't know right um and then as they put the vhs in you'll see one of the stories um that is completely separate from this Mm -hmm. and then when that ends it brings you back to their overarching yes and then there's a little more story and then they watch the next Mm -hmm. the next short right um 
So yeah, this movie was uh, uh, interesting because going into it, kind of like Hereditary, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. You know, jumping into it, you're just like, VHS, I wonder what this is. Because the cover is like this skull... Uh, and it just kind of made out of VHS movies, right? And it, there's no information, right? And it just looks like a generic uh, horror movie. You don't, mm-hmm. uh, you don't really know what to expect from it, uh, which is cool. So then the first story starts. Um, did it? They're they're not named, right? I assume the segments are named like online or whatever. But they, yeah, you can find. They don't say it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be in the credits. Credits. I don't know if like, I actually watched right. the full credits. But. Um, so this one I'll call. I like you. Let's call it that one. Uh, that one is called Spooktown. Oh, wait a second. I would, that that's what I would name it anyway. I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm looking at the list right now of the mm-hmm. names, but this actually does it spoil it. No, no. Okay. Um, I'm just not sure which one's which. There's Tape Fifty Six, uh-huh. Amateur Night, yeah, Second Honeymoon, mm-hmm. Tuesday the Seventeenth. The sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger. Amateur Night is the one I'm talking about. It is Amateur yep. Night. So tape 56. It's the main story, I guess. Okay, that's what mm. that's what I wasn't sure about. Um, so Amateur Night. Yeah, yeah that's the one. Um, mm. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is so interesting. So it starts off as a bunch of guys. It's a bachelor party, right? Or um, just a bunch of guys hanging out looking for girls. Yeah, they're pretty much just hanging out, like yeah. going bar hopping. Mm-hmm. And uh, they one of the dudes bought these glasses online that have a camera built in. Yes, and, and so they're trying to be sketchy and find a girl. Pretty and much. Yeah, make make. That's why it's called Amateur Night because they want to make this dirty film. Yeah. Uh, with the camera, which is cool how they introduce the camera being on the glasses. Like that's a cool technology yeah. aspect to yeah. it. Um, and so they it kind of lends itself to like not someone holding the camera the whole time. Right. Um. So they find this girl. She's a little, little off. A little, she's little, odd. There's yeah, something odd about her. And may I say, the actress they picked is perfect. For oh yeah, her. she like nailed the creepy aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, I don't want to go spoilers, but uh, should we? Does it matter? I think it matters because. So <laughs> here's there are a couple of key things I wanted to say that are not spoilery. Yes. But this was my this is your introduction to what you're getting into because mm-hmm. prior to this all you've seen is this group of dudes trying to find this tape. Mm-hmm. So there is a little bit of creep factor on uh, uh, it is referred to so tape 56 is the quote unquote frame narrative. So mm-hmm. it's it's the main the main backbone of the story. Um, this story though is your first the first time you see the static on the TV and you're like oh we're in a new story now. Yeah. Because of the film quality, there's not like a you know there's not a a score to it. the The audio is just like first person you know recorded um, quality, and because of that, anything that happens that you're not used to seeing in like a frame of reality mm-hmm. is very jarring. Yes, and I think that's what makes this. I, you have no indication of where this story goes. Mm-hmm. I, I will tell you, you might think you know what's going to happen. You do not know what's going to happen. Yes. And that's what kind of blew me away is I there you need to like process, kind of like we were saying about the end of Hereditary, uh, the differences in Hereditary, you have this like hour and 40 minutes of like piecing things together. Um, this, it just, everything starts happening so fast. You're like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Yeah. What? And then even when you're like, you're like, okay, this is happening. The way that it ends is mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> it's like, no, how did that what? even happen? How? And it's uh, it's the the uh, the the realness of 
just it being like home video style that I mm-hmm. think really sets that in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think it, it it's establishes that you expect it to be realistic mm-hmm. because even the other stories later on are very ground in reality. Yes. Um, but I think it was an excellent choice to start with this one because it's creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really interesting story mixed with it. Like nothing crazy, but enough where you're just like, oh, that's this is the kind of movie. Yeah. Like it was just a good starting point to the movie. It was. And that that uh, I think out of all of them, that one was the best. Yeah. Um, and it was a strong start. Um, not to say the other ones are bad in any particular, for any particular reason, but that one was just so good. And that's yeah. why I remember VHS as a starting the first, the first one. That is, I think, I think the reason that one's good and it's hard to beat as the best one because it kicks it off and it's so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it also sets the groundwork that, oh, anything could happen in any of these stories, Yes, which is also the beauty of an anthology. You mm-hmm. can kind of do, you have this, this succinct amount of time that you're trying to tell an impactful story. Yep. And that was one that did a good job with just giving you kind of a, you know, a quick enough, uh, sort of framework of a story and mm-hmm. you get to know these three characters a little bit real quick. You're right. You know which archetype they each fit. Mm-hmm. And then they introduce that girl that you mentioned. And there's enough information for you to piece together like, oh, th- like, uh, I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say something. Yep. I, I don't know. There's enough information for you to put together the full story mm-hmm. without them having to blatantly say anything. Mm-hmm. But you're also at the same time being amazed that the story is what it is. Yes. Um, but it does really set the groundwork. Uh, I think the last one is actually one of my favorites. That one's really good, too. Yeah, The mm-hmm. House. I yeah. think that was the last one, yep. right? That one was uh, maybe the creepiest. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. The first one, she's really creepy. She is creepy. She's yeah, you're right. Creepy. And I think I think the thing with the reason, uh, the reason it's so creepy is she there's just something off about her the yes. whole time. And you're sensing that. And right. I think that's, you know. Because she just has like really wide eyes and a yep. big like forehead vein and like just like, and it's probably all natural quality she has just as a person, but she plays it as her like scary yeah. so well. You're like, there's something not right here. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And it does, I think that, uh, ben, what just happened there's to you? There's a little fuzz oh. in front of me. Tim just summoned a little fuzz with his face. <laughs> oh, you're, I see. Blowing it away. You're propelling it into the sky. Yes. Um, I think what is cool, too, is it satisfies that urge of, like, wanting to start and complete a story. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa, that was crazy. All right, what's the next one? What's yeah, the next right. one? Um, and, it, like I said, it was maybe that's why it felt like a lot that night. Because mm-hmm. I got, like, a bunch of little you stories. You watched, like, ten scary movies yeah. in, <laughs> pretty much, in pretty under much. an hour. You know, or yeah. not an hour, but. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Do you want to go through each story individually, or you think it's worth? Um, that's a tough one because I, because there are some that I'll say, I'll honestly say, weren't very good. You think so? I think they're um, because the second story, what's the second one called? So the second one is Second Honeymoon, and that's the one with the couple who are being like stalked by some creepy. Yes. Yes. So we can blast through a couple and just just tell you. I mean, this has I this will. I feel like I'm beating it in the ground at this point, but it it does have that same aspect of kind of up and down experiences because of not down in a negative way, but just like a roller coaster of the genre. Because mm-hmm. the first one is this kind of crazy out of control story that you never saw coming. The second one is a little bit more of a, um, uh, I guess it's a slow burn mm-hmm. with a pretty intense 
finale. Um, I didn't like that one very much. I thought it was cool, but mm-hmm. definitely like when you go from the high of the first one to the low of this one, yes. it's certainly like, oh, okay. And it just kind of like ends. Yeah. Like when I say it, it's, what did I say? Intense? I don't know. I feel like I used the wrong word for the finale. It's like suddenly you're like, oh, oh, yeah. and then it's over. Mm-hmm. So it is a different type, mm-hmm. um, but it's, uh, I, th- I thought it was... I guess it's the worst of them. <laughs> <laughs> not, I mean, not to say it's terrible, unwatchable or anything, but like comparatively to other ones. I did like the uneasiness of the whole thing. Yeah. Because you know something is... It sh- reminded me of Strangers. The Strangers... Yeah. It's a similar vibe mm-hmm. where you're like, someone is somewhere and something is going on. Right. That's how I'll describe that one. That was perfect. Uh, then we have Tuesday the 17th. That mm-hmm. is the one where three friends... Um, accompany their new friend Wendy on a camping trip. I thought that one was fascinatingly unique. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it very much felt like the idea of Slender Man, where yes. they have the camera and this creature monster, whatever it is in the movie, uh, you can't capture it on film. Right. Um, and so they're like, you know, uh, but it's a slasher movie. It's really like yeah. a slasher film, but you can't see what the creature is the whole time because any time on the camera, and they even point it out in the movie. They're like, why can't I film you? Right. And then, um, but yeah, it's very much a slasher movie where they are getting killed one by one for the most part. And uh, yeah, and I, I found that one to be like kind of fun and exciting. Yep. And maybe it was because it's coming out of that last one that just kind of had this like slow like pace to it. Yes. Um, but I liked the, I thought it was cool that the girl had a different agenda going into the woods than mm-hmm. you initially think. And it's it's this thing that she's been trying to figure out. Um, and I thought that concept of you can't capture it on film was pretty cool. Yes. Um, then let's see. The sick thing that happened to Emily when she was younger. Uh, that was a weird oh, one. It was super weird. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, <laughs> the one thing that's cool about it is the whole thing takes place uh, as a FaceTime conversation. Yeah, Skype. Are they using Skype? Yeah, or? probably Skype. Um, but yeah, some kind of video chat app. And... Mm-hmm. There's a, this is a Twilight zone sort of one where there's a twist, and I don't know that I fully understood it, but enough that I'm like, okay. Yeah, uh, it's because it's, it is cool what they do, because uh, same thing with most of the other ones. You expect one thing, and it goes a way different direction. You're mm-hmm. like, oh. Yes, um, right. And yeah, it's very much, uh, the, the filming technique is super cool, because that, yes. that adds to the ending, because you're doing FaceTime and stuff. Um, you see both perspectives from the one having the conversation and the That's one she's right. talking yeah. to. So, <clears throat> I'm dying here. Oh, my goodness. Um, when the twist comes up and then you notice, you're like, oh. Uh-huh. And, and then the filming perspective, it all makes sense. But, um, yeah, that one's certainly interesting Interesting because it go, gets pretty wacky. Yeah. You know, um, and it's, uh, but it, it fits the style of the movie for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I liked that one a lot. And then the last one was uh, 103198, which is basically... Um, uh, a few friends are looking for this party. They go into the house that they think the party is in, and mm. as they follow the sounds, they end up finding something completely different than what they thought they yes. were going to find. And um, they think they're in this, like, um, falsely haunted house. Like, it's a set up to be a haunt kind yes. of thing. But there are some reveals throughout, and the ending on that one is like, whoa, <laughs> like, uh, turns way up. That one, I think, and the first one are probably my two favorites. Yeah, that one's super strong, too, mm. because it is uh, it uses a lot of, like, cool special effects, but because it's, like the VHS quality, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look like cheesy special effects. Mm. Um, it actually looks like it makes sense in the yeah. house. Yep. Um, but yeah, overall, the movie, I think, is really, really well done. Yeah. Um, even the overarching story, I don't remember how it ends, but... That was the one thing I had, like... 
I wouldn't call it a complaint, mm-hmm. but it's sort of ambiguous what happens. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they did have two sequels after. So. I know. Have you seen those? VHS 2, yes. Uh, I remember that one having overall better stories. Is it the same? Does it like follow anything up from the, the I don't, main story? I don't believe it has um, connections, or if it did, it's a weak one because I don't remember. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, this one, yeah, it has four stories, um, total. So the overarching story and the three mini stories in it, as opposed to the five in the first one. Okay. Um, and yeah, those are good because one of the, um, uh, the director of the raid directed one of the horror shorts. Really? Um, and so to see that kind of, it was, that one's probably one of the best ones in it. That's really cool. Um, but yeah, these are, so because there's one less, they're longer, um, and I would say probably have a bigger budget. Some yeah. of them are way more, um, uh, what's the word? There's a lot of more special effects and stuff in it. Okay. Um, and that one's more good. Production. Yeah. And it follows the same idea as, uh, you know, the VHS style. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. And then they came out with VHS viral and it, I don't remember if I saw that one or not, but that one I believe uh, follows the premise of like YouTube videos, YouTube videos and taking videos with your phone and stuff. Oh, okay. but I don't remember that one. So I don't know if I saw it or not. Huh? Yeah. I'd be interested to watch them. It's definitely yeah. a, uh, a certain type of experience and it's pretty cool jumping from story to story. I definitely enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were right. Yeah. Different writer and director on each story. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, a cool experience. I, I was really glad to have watched those two. Yep. Um, filthy as I felt at the end of them all. Um, it was, um, it was, they're very different experiences. Yes. So, uh, definitely stoked on finally having seen them both mm-hmm. and, uh, freaking, you know, you know, it's <sighs> a lot. That's dude. a lot of good stuff. It's a lot of good stuff. I, I appreciate everybody suggesting things. We did have so many people suggest different things to watch and there are other movies oh you just shook your head i just remembered we didn't even go we have games next yeah we still have games uh thank you andy and jesse for Mm -hmm. the film suggestions yes and other we will talk about other films i think later on yeah well what i'm stoked about is we now have this whole list Mm -hmm. um this is these are the ones that we chose for this special but we have other stuff that i i think we'll just pepper throughout other episodes maybe we'll do another special i don't who knows who knows who knows i know Tim knows. I know we're going to video games. Hey! Video games. Video games. I have one more story. Oh, one more creepy. T- is this an anthology episode? Dude, kind of. <laughs> oh, weird. You know what the original anthology is? Hold on. The Bible. Huh. Is it? Uh, no. no. It's no. all one story. They're all connected? I thought there was like different books and different books have different... There are different books, but it's Oh, all, but I guess they all... are. Yeah, because then they're like, this guy is the son of this guy who's yeah. the son of this guy, and they're technically all related. It's all connected. All right, fair enough. Yeah. What is the original anthology? Campfire Ghost Stories. Campfire... Oh, yeah, I think so. I guess that's where Are You Afraid of the Dark kind of came up with that. Yeah. Their whole opening but thing. But are stories in general just anthologies? Well, anthology mm. is when you put all the stories together. What's collection. the first collected co- work? Of stories. Interesting. Um, <laughs> that's a hard question. First collected. I like how the theme what of about, this episode is the anthology. What about like uh, like Grimm's fairy tales? Like those kind of those are collections, oh, though. Yeah. I mean, what makes it an, an anthology? Is it one connecting point that, or like one overarching story that connects all these together? <sighs> No, I don't think it has to be an overarching. Because why? What's the difference between a collected work and an anthology? Right. 
<laughs> what makes an anthology an anthology? Hmm, so it's a, it's primarily a book term. Mm-hmm. That makes a, sense. A collection of literary works chosen by the compiler. It may be a collection of plays, poems, short stories, songs, or excerpts by different authors. In genre fiction, the term anthology typically categorizes collections of shorter works, such as short stories and short novels, by different authors, each featuring unrelated casts of characters and mm-hmm. settings, and usually collected into a single volume for publication. So it kind of is a collection. So Grimm's fairy tales wouldn't work, though, because didn't they write all the fairy tales? Uh, At least oh, in that, right. and in that respect. So, so it's got to be different authors oh, and, different, and yeah. a different cast. So different stories with different authors. And that's what makes it cool. So for VHS, different mm-hmm. directors and writers. Right. So it's right. It's like a showcase for the genre. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. That is cool. It's Unrelated like a crossover, and stuff. Yeah. but not crossing over. That's kind of cool. So yeah. maybe the maybe the Bible is because it's different. There's different authors. No, no, no. Because well, re- related characters. Right, related characters. <laughs> <laughs> that's confusing. That is. That's kind of cool though. That is. Um, all right. So I have I have one more story. Spooky. This one comes from Dirkish Delights on Instagram. Thanks, Dirkish. Follow my man, Mr. Dirky. Um, <laughs> Mr. Dirky. He's a fantastical artist, and you should see all of his work. Okay. Uh, he has a story about Resident Evil on N64, which I surmise must be Resident Evil 2? Yes. That was the only one, to my knowledge, that came out And on I think N64. based on... Yeah, yeah, And mm-hmm. I think based on the story, that makes sense. Um, he said, Resident Evil on N64, I was walking down a hall in a building, and a hand came through the wall and attacked me. I shut the system off and never played the game again. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you know, that is true to one of the games we're talking about later, because I have also done that. Uh, when it came to a oh, that's right. game. Uh, but I guess we could transition to that. But not yet. Um, that scene in particular is interesting because it's funny how s- simplistic his description is, but I know exactly what he's talking exactly about. Exactly the spot. I think anyways, but it's the only part of the game that makes sense. Now, what I'm picturing is you're in... You're in the police station yep. and rounding the corner. Yeah, so um, the, you're going down. I'm trying to remember what's at the other end of the hallway. But anyways, you're going down a hallway, and the camera is positioned in the top left corner, and it's just like this hallway that you see down. Yeah. Um, but the the windows um, are all, uh, what is it, covered in wood. Um, oh, yeah, they're all boarded up. Yeah, boarded up. Yeah. That was, that's what I love. <laughs> uh, what's a word for covered, covered in, in wood? wood? You know, uh, with nails and Wooden stuff. Wooden boards. <laughs> So you're running down that hallway and nothing happens. The first time you go down it, nothing. Uh, And you go back and forth over and over again, nothing happens. And then you do a specific part in the story and you go back through that hallway as you, I have done a hundred times before. And this time a hand comes bursting out. Very similar to the dog jumping through the window. That one I'll never forget. It is because for some reason they're like, oh, let's just turn the volume up to 11 when that happens. So it's the sound of the glass (laughs) and the music and... So the same exact scenario, it's and jarring. a hand comes flying out, and yep. a bunch of hands. It's not even just one. Yeah. It's a bunch of hands, and uh, it's just terrifying. Yeah. It's a beautiful scene, and it's done in the remake pretty well. Yeah. Because you don't have the fixed camera angle, so how do you that's right. simulate that that's right. jump scare again? And they do it in a way that's And they mess with you in that one, because if you've played it, you're mm-hmm. expecting at a certain time, yep. and that happens. And, and they it, totally, you know, and they, it's at like a different point. And because there's different design choices, the hallway is different. Right. Um, not crazy, but enough where you're like, okay, I think this is where the window guys come mm-hmm. out. And then, in, like, initially it's zombies, but in the remake, it could be a liquor or it could be like they just yeah, kind of twist it on your head. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that scene in particular, I do know exactly what he's talking about. I was about. glad so that, uh, that he mentioned that one because that, I mean, 
first of all, we couldn't get out of this special without talking about Resident Evil at no one way. point. Yeah. But also, like, that's the time. Like, Resident Evil 2 mm-hmm. was the sequel to one of the scariest games I'd ever played, mm-hmm. and they uh, they delivered. They the liquors it. were terrifying, oh man. Oh, my God. So, um, yeah, he has never gone back to the game. That's mm-hmm. how good that moment was. That's, that's amazing. Um, now we can get into... Uh, we're talking Manhunt, right? Manhunt. So this was suggested by our friend Edward Payson, who Thank has you. been on Edward. the uh, on the show before, mm-hmm. and he's mentioned this game to me before, and I've heard tale of it for yes. years and years. Mm-hmm. Never played it. Yeah, and he's got a good eye for horror, you know, and a, for video games, and for video games. He That's does have a thing. solid collection. Now he said specifically on hard. How, now have you you've played Manhunt? Yes. And do you remember what uh, what difficulty you played it on? Uh, normal. I usually just go this guy normal. over here. <laughs> Did you start it on hard? No, I didn't. Oh, shame. Yeah. Um, but Manhunt is super fascinating because it was made at a time where horror games, um, I would say for the most part, were kind of in a lull. Um, mm. I mean, it's PS2 era, and they had like Silent Hill and Resident Evil. But even Resident Evil at the time was like Outbreak and Dead Aim, like. Um, yeah, that's Resident true. Resident Evil 4, they had Resident Evil 4, but it was just kind of at a point where horror games were, they were still there, but they weren't any like crazy ones like breaking the barrier of the Silent genre. Hill was probably the most mainstream, like scariest one. Yeah, they had Silent there. Hill 2, 3, and 4 all on all PS2. On PS2 yeah. yeah, and those were great. So good. Um, And yeah, Resident Evil, like I said, they had 4. They were going a little more action. I mean, 4, four was good and yeah. had its scary moments, but... Uh, Code um, Veronica, too, right? Oh, well, that was on the Dreamcast. Yeah, originally. That was a little earlier. And then Code Veronica X was the, uh, yes. the PS2 release. So, it, yeah, but it just wasn't a big thing. So Manhunt came out from, the, uh, from Rockstar, developers yep. of Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were known at the time for making good games. Yeah. Um, they had Max Payne at that point. Oh, yeah, I loved um, Max Payne. Max Payne was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Max Payne, Grand Theft Auto, and I think that was it um, at the time anyways. They probably had a few like random projects. Sure. But, um, Manhunt was um, super interesting because the premise is you play as a convict or, well, you are a convict who gets broken out of prison by this guy. Uh, what's his name? The director? Um, I believe that's what he calls himself. He, calls he, himself. he gets, uh, so he. you have been quote unquote uh, um, you're you're on death row, mm-hmm. and that's basically when he's he's broken out after he was you know put to death, quote unquote. Right. Yep. Um. And so the the director is like, hey, uh, you know, I freed you. Now go kill a million guys for my sick, twisted fantasy. Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. Yeah. And so the game really runs on the idea of just straight up murder, like brutal, violent murder. The director. That is what he calls himself. Yeah. yeah. The director. Um, and so that's in a concept within itself is pretty dark because when you're most horror games, you're fighting for survival and this game you're fighting technically for survival, but just to kill. These are realistic lifelike humans that you're, uh, just slitting their throats, you know, hitting in the head with a hammer. Like Mm -hmm. the weapon variety alone makes this game incredibly brutal. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, uh, what the horror aspect is, is the violence. It does feel... It does feel sort of like it's that gritty vibe. They use the camera effects. Yes. Um, your kills are basically the, if you, you know, it's, it's very stealthy, which yep. that's what I love about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that also came into effect with Max Payne and things like that. Uh, but the stealth aspect is really cool because kind of the whole thing with the game is you want to sneak up on the enemies. And if you hold the, uh, 
basically the uh, the assassinate button mm-hmm. for long Whatever enough. system you're playing. Yeah, on. I think it's only PS2. I think it's Triangle. Triangle. Uh, PS2. You can, I downloaded it on. Nah, I think it was just PS2. I think it was, yeah, I think so. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's on PS4 now too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you know, the longer you hold the attack button, the more brutal the kill is. Right. Um, so it, you know, it'll go from the the uh, the little reticle thing goes from white to yellow to red, and mm-hmm. that's your most brutal kill. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't remember what's the benefit of doing a more brutal kill. Do you get more points or something? It's just more brutal. Just more brutal. Is that it? Maybe that's why it was so controversial. Well, because... I mean, so that's the whole thing. And then, oh, what I was going to say is. The, when that happens, it's an animation, mm-hmm. so it goes to this like staticky tracking lines VHS looking camera view. Yes, and then this brutal kill happens, and mm-hmm. depending on which weapon you have, so the appeal becomes that thing from any game where like, what's the new weapon that I have? What can it do? Yep. But in this game, what it is is how brutal of a kill am I getting? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, yeah, it's it's just it's just dark (laughs) yeah as far as the game goes it's dark both visually and as far as the story goes like Mm -hmm. it is it's just overall a dark game but it's interesting that it's like stealth focused because you're you're basically playing a slasher you're going around and just killing these guys who are also i believe criminals or bad guys or there's there's like something to just not necessarily justify but just you're just killing these people it did come out on xbox okay cool um oh only in Oh, never mind. Yeah, it did. 2004, so the following year, it came out on Xbox. So it came out in 2003, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, That makes sense, I guess, because PS2 and all that stuff. Yeah. And right. So to your point, there are, you know, you are fighting like criminals or whatever. He's the director is guiding you through this like earpiece the whole time. He's basically Mm -hmm. talking to you. He's like, yeah, take him out. All right. We're getting great shots here, bud. Good job. Like all this stuff. Uh, But there's really what I think what feels uncomfortable about this game is there's no hero. Like you're not Mm -hmm. there's no you're not a good guy. Right. Like, like if you compare it to other horror games, you're usually playing as uh, either like this average Joe or someone who's trying to hunt down this monster, this mm-hmm. creature, whatever it right. is. And you're playing as someone who you can relate to, who has good intentions yeah. and is stuck in this terrible situation. Yeah. You are playing a manhunt. You're playing as a guy who's killed a bunch of people. And will continue to do so. Right. If exactly. If you want to beat the game. Exactly. If you want to make it to the end. And you don't feel good about it. No. That's the thing. And mm-hmm. But there's still like, that's what I was, I was like, what is this part of me that's like i'm not stoked about this but mm-hmm. yeah i want to do the most brutal right i'll sit there for an extra 10 yeah. seconds you know yeah, i, I guess that's the stealth element if you sit there it for is. a longer kill it'll give more time yeah to, uh, more guy uh, more time for the guys to come and find you and it's just there's some things i've always loved this uh this stealth aspect because of the way it causes you to play the game mm-hmm. because you can in this one there's also um there's uh, a strategy where you can you can just hit the wall with whatever weapon you have mm-hmm. that alerts the enemies nearby and then if you duck in the shadows your there's a little icon of of your character in the bottom right of the screen and that will turn blue if you're hidden mm-hmm. so you know you're smacking walls and running around the corner the other thing is that like you know if they if they see you the hand-to-hand combat is not nearly as fun right. as like you the don't want to get caught yeah mm-hmm. um so it's just whatever just whacking each other back and forth yeah um but i think i think what really struck me too is the violence in the game it is ps2 and mm-hmm. it looks like a ps2 game it's it's not it's not bad but the graphics are a little bit dated yeah but the violence still translates really heavily. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, it's the audio. It's the way they do that, like crappy looking video, um, 
uh, sort of display when they show the kills. Mm -hmm. And it just, all this keeps bringing me back to how creepy and scary like bad video is Yes, (laughs) because like night vision video cameras are terrifying. Mm -hmm. Old VHSs are scary. Like, Poorly filmed tracking and static on the screen is always scary. And why is that scary? Because we've been told it's a scary thing. That's a great question. I don't know. Like, why is uh, why was why does Evil Within have that weird thing where the screen can be grainy? Yeah. And why does it all look? Is it just age? Like, you know how old photos can look or like creepy, a grimy, and, like feel. Just, I don't know. Because it it's the not because we expect crystal clear, and when something goes wrong. Our brains are like, okay, something funky. Is that going what on. it is? Like, is our brain just registering something but off? I, like, like when I see static, um, what it, tracking lines from like a VHS, I don't initially think scary things. Well, that's what I mean. So, and think of like, okay, if we're watching home videos mm-hmm. and like the quality's poor, yeah, we're not like concerned about that, right? If you're watching a movie you know is a horror movie mm-hmm. and the quality's poor, that's like scarier, right? For some reason, right? Because it uh, maybe it makes it more interesting. Maybe like think of Sinister, like mm-hmm. the the um, films that he finds. You know, there's going to be something creepy about it, so mm-hmm. it makes it like scarier to watch those like poorly, like those poor quality old films. You yeah, know what I mean? and I I wonder how people like kids or not kids, but people who didn't grow up with VHSs, VHS like seeing how that v- registers right exactly. Like maybe they're just like uh, I guess they know it's something's wrong. Like well, that's I mean, VHS came out at a time where there are definitely people who. Maybe didn't grow up with VHSs. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Muy interesante. Yes, but it adds to the, to the game very much. It so. does. And clearly, I mean, they did that specifically for those kill shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading something the other day about the game, and it was just telling me, um, you know, about the controversy around it. There was mm-hmm. a murder. I want to say it was in the UK when it came out um, that they were, this was also kind of around a time where they were trying to pin, you know, violent crimes on video games and music from time to time. Mm -hmm. Um, This particular one, I think was a teenager uh, who ended up, you know, killing a friend of his or or something like that. And they found a copy of the game. They, uh, they confiscated the game as evidence Mm -hmm. uh, in the case. And um, there was, also, a quote in the article I was reading from someone who formerly worked at Rockstar at the time of the development, mm-hmm. and the quote was something along the lines of, like, we really didn't have any way to justify the game. Like, there were people involved with the development who didn't feel comfortable with, like, the animations and were like, we really don't know how to justify what we're making. Because, and I was saying earlier, in most games, you have a reason to survive, a reason. This is just strictly go and kill these guys. Your right. map is just go in and kill these guys and uh, you're he's totally right there isn't really a justification other than to progress through the story but even the right. story itself is like just a dark tale of this guy's sick fantasy of trying to get the perfect film yeah uh, and the bosses that come into play and stuff later on are just same there's like a guy in a pig costume and he's like you know he's got He's just like crazy and messed up and demented, and it's just you're watching like a um, a saw movie or something, you right? Know? Yeah, it kind of has that. I mean, the dis- the description of it is that the director is trying to create this snuff film, mm-hmm. and like, there's nothing comfortable about that. There's right. nothing redeeming about that, mm-hmm. and that is what I think. It's like there. I've read descriptions of like certain horror movies that have been banned in like every country, right? That you're like, what is that like there's no there's not like a driving 
like the outcome can't be good. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's just not going to be good. Right. But it's just this interesting, just this thing that exists and, ha- you know, it's a well-known game at this point mm-hmm. and had all this controversy around it. And it's just, I mean, it's a like, it's a fun stealth action game, mm-hmm. but the horror element definitely comes from the violence and the overall concept and the atmospheres too. I mean, you do, you walk into some of these like grimy warehouses and there's like bodies hanging from the ceiling and right. stuff like that. So, um, but it's, it's different than, uh, the type of horror that some of the other things we've talked about is it's just this like conceptual ugh, yeah you know that's basically <laughs> it like, is, that's I mean there isn't a word to describe it other than ugh, yeah, so, you uh, know um, and yeah it's it's something I think that's worth revisiting I don't know if it plays as well as it used to hmm. um, because there's been so many advancements in horror games and stealth games and all that stuff um, but it certainly is an interesting look at um, what. Uh, like what the pinnacle of horror game or like demented, twisted horror games were, uh, at least at the time. And that was, know? I mean, we're talking 2003, six, right? Yeah, yeah, 16 years ago now. That's a long time, which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, have you played it since PS2? No, I've only played it on PS2. Okay. Um, it's the PS4 version is the PS2 version, right? Yeah, um, um, it does have like very, it's it's got. The controls feel classic. Like yeah. it feels like, yeah, this is how you play a PS2 game, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it, it's still good. It plays well. It's a little wonky. Like some of the, um, you know, when you're hitting the wall and like there's no, there's no clean like it's not like gears when you're getting close to a wall and you can like hug it. Obviously, yeah. you know what I mean. It's it's 16 year old game, but mm-hmm. um, it still plays pretty cleanly. Yeah. Um, I guess. I guess I would recommend it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough recommendation. I mean, if you're uh, the, I mean, this whole thing has been like horror and stuff. So you're, if you're into horror or stuff like Saw, like the kind of the the gore porn type stuff, you know, um, that's usually the term for it. Not I know. Horror. Okay, I'm just I'm, not, I'm just making sure, Brian. I wasn't you, judging you. You gave me a look like I know I what used... the term means. <laughs> I just want to make sure I was. Your look was confirmation if I used the right term or not, because I know what it is, but I wasn't. Ninety nine thousand yeah. percent. Not sure. not gory porn. Right. Gore porn. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's a different thing. So Ugh. if you're, I really don't. <laughs> eh, I don't I like the term. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, you think they would think of a better name, but it is horror. So no. But do you? Would you say this falls in that? Like you're talking about, like the hostels, the saws, yes. stuff like that. Yeah, like, it's certainly right up that alley. Yeah. In that and I can't really think of other games to compare it to. I mean, it feels like a Rockstar game. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It's. It feels I mean, like if a GTA. you play, yeah, if you play Max Payne and then play that right after, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the same development. Like, very totally similar, makes yeah. sense. Uh, but comparatively, it. I would say it's a little more tame compared to like horror games nowadays. Like yeah. if you were to play it next to Outlast, I think Outlast certainly has a lot like I mean there's naked guys walking around. I don't recall seeing naked guys in in Oh Manhunt. yeah. Yeah, I mean I um, guess depending on yeah, as far as what is allowed or um what is uh scary now compared to mm-hmm. what was scary then. Yeah, I mean that one I think it's just primarily the violence whereas mm-hmm. like in Outlast they they do lean a little bit on that like psycho you know, the, the more of the like twisted aspect of, mm-hmm. you know, sexual references and being in this asylum where there are just these weird things that are kind of hard to compute. I think this one is just like how gruesome can it get, yep. you know? Um, and yeah, and, and that's kind of the fun of the game is to see the new weapons and mm-hmm. see what you can do with them. As sick as it is, that's part of it. Let's just It is. I mean, it's kind of the same, it's the same mechanic as... Mm-hmm playing a i'll just go back to talking about gears yeah. like 
finding a new weapon and be like, ooh, what's this one do? Right, exactly. How can I d- decimate my enemy with yeah. this? <laughs> oh, right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say it's worth at least revisiting um, to check it out because mm-hmm. it is part of gaming history as far as, like, as big as the controversy it had around yeah. it. Because if I recall, this, uh, the game was pushed to an AO rating because of all the controversy, um, but I believe it fell back into a M rating. Really? Um, generally, AO games, um, adults only, are uh, uh, banned in most stores, so you mm, can't really... Can't and it. Grand Theft Auto had the same thing. You know, that had... Uh, yeah, I do remember that. Right. So I, I can't remember if I'm getting the stories mixed or not, but then um, Manhunt 2 came out, and that was banned in certain places. Really? Um, I b- believe it was like Australia, because they have a really strict... Uh, um, rating code. Yes, that's right. Um, so I believe it was banned in Australia. And then the game, I don't remember the first one did, but anyways, it's always been a controversial series. Have you played the second one at all? No. I don't know um, anything about the second one. I think I have it though. It's on the Wii and really? PS2, I want to say. The Wii, that's funny. I, the Wii makes me so mad. <laughs> <laughs> it just ruins so many good games. But we're not talking about that horrific thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, if, if anybody's interested, I did buy it off of, uh, I downloaded it with, on, from uh, the PlayStation Store. Yep, PS4, it's got trophy support. Yep. Um, uh, that's what they did when they added the It's PS4. on sale right now. Uh, Probably for Halloween, It right? was like seven ninety nine or something. I think it's yeah. usually either 10, PS2, 15, ga- 15 yeah. yeah. PS2 games generally range between 15 and 20. Which is cool, because PS2 is like my favorite generation. But, so. yeah, and uh, it's awesome, but they have such a weak catalog. They have like 12 games. Really? Yeah. See, I barely looked, because I have mm-hmm. so much stuff to play, but I, mm-hmm. I looked for Manhunt specifically to play for this, and I was like, ooh. Yeah, ooh, yeah it's interesting, because there are so many good games, and they're like, eh, that's not on it. Oh, that's not on mm-hmm. it. And um, so I hope they do more either with PS5 or add more on on uh, PlayStation 4. But yeah. I love the trophy support. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward, thanks for the suggestion, man. Yes, thank you. Does that leave us with one more? One more. Our last suggestion. A very special suggestion. Yeah. From Nick DuPont. What up, dude? He suggested uh, a classics game that we've played. A classics game. A game. And we've talked about it a ton. Uh, Kuon. Not a ton. Well, a, we've brought it up a lot. A few times. Guess, yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, Kuon, dude. Kuon is a very... Kuon! Scary PS2 game. It's so scary. So, uh, Brett... Well, let's start what? with our, our initial uh, uh, introduction to this game. Individually? Yes. Because we had different ones. Right. You go first. But... Yep. Okay. <laughs> but, okay. So, mine was... I got this game... And I know I've said this before, but mm-hmm. for any who haven't heard it or have forgotten, it's mm-hmm. a very important detail. Yes. GameStop mm-hmm. would do these amazing deals. You'd buy two, get one free. Right. Used games. Mm-hmm. I had a PS2. Yep. That's how I'd stock up. I got this game, which was marked $4.99 on the cover. Mm-hmm. Don't shake your head at me. I, yeah. I know. Yeah. Kuon. Mm-hmm. Loved survival horror. I had been playing through all the Silent Hill games. I just saw it. I was like, huh. The, now, the uh, North American release is different. Uh, it's a different cover than the Japanese release. It's essentially just a black cover with, you can see, like a woman's eye and like mm-hmm. half of her face. So pretty simple looking. I looked on the back. I was like, oh, it looks cool. I got looks it. Looks like the grudge almost. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Very similar. So I got that. Uh, I played it with my friend Brian. Mm-hmm. And... Right from the jump, it's so eerie because the there's uh there's mu there's music that's creepy. There's uh, uh it's largely two little kids' voices singing, so mm-hmm. that just makes you want to be dead because yep. it's so scary. Um, and even the title screen is a woman on her back looking at you, 
And if you watch long enough, she blinks. Mm -hmm. It looks like a still image, but she blinks and you're like, (laughs) like that. Um, So you start up and my first experience is you play the game up until this certain point where a body falls from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And the, the, uh, the sound design in this game is... It's so freaking loud, mm-hmm. and the noises that happen during the jump scares, the whole screen will flash. I mean, it does things to, like, to... I mean, the jump scare is its primary scare method. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I feel safe saying that, actually, because it has a lot of... The creature design, in particular, is yeah. very spooky. It is, and the overall atmosphere is eerie, and there were little things that, at the time... I thought we're like next level, like you walk over a body and then you, the bloody footprints follow you and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, But my first experience was playing with my friend Brian. That body fell out of the ceiling and we were like, nope, that's it. I think I'm done. (laughs) Uh, It's just, it's, it's very, and the opening, the opening uh, sequence too, which we just saw the other day. um, This was such a cool suggestion because we have never sat down and played it together. Mm -hmm. um, And it was cool re-watching that whole thing. Yeah. Because I didn't remember that and watching it, it sets a tone like no other game has as far as scary goes. Yeah. Um, because I mean, initially it is this creepy, like grudge looking lady Mm -hmm. dragging this body through this, you know, uh, Japanese style house. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it's just the creepy music and the kids like, ah, like doing that. And she's just dragging the body. And what happens is she like shoves the body in this box and there's blood and it's so, it's like the epitome of Japanese horror, Yeah, you know? And it's, this is the first like what is it? A two minute, three minute opening yeah. scene before you it's press the start on the game. See, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. It was so well done because the, uh, it's like that high quality, um, final fantasy type, uh, um, what's Cut scene. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, Oh my God, what am I about to play? What's happening here? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you played up until that body j- uh, drops and you're, you quit, you shut off the game. And- I see. I, I think we we may have stopped it that night. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened because if I remember correctly, I'm gonna have to shoot Brian a text if he doesn't mm-hmm. hear this and and see. But I, I'm pretty sure I was at his house and we we turned it off and we just like went to sleep. Yeah. I was like I can't. <laughs> but I definitely went through and beat the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that part I'll never forget. Yep. Even I found my save data on my uh, PS2 uh, memory card. Memory card. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I want to say, I think I brought it up on the podcast when I found it, but it was from like 2008. Oh, that's um, so cool. And I, the first thing I thought of was like, oh my gosh, that guy falling from the ceiling. Yep. Uh, but that, Dude, that we, we saw that in our playthrough, right? When we played the other day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we did. Because that was scary. I don't remember, like, it caused it. Obviously, we didn't stop it at that point. But yeah. it's funny because the scene, it is a scary scene, especially yeah. if you're, like, in the right environment and everything. And so I'll tell you my story yeah, yeah. because um, I borrowed the game from you. You had it, and you weren't playing it. And I was like, oh, I want to play something spooky. So I don't remember. I must have just asked When you, you first played it? Yeah. Oh, Yeah, I never got it. I've never owned it. I borrowed yeah. your copy. Um, and so, and it, I don't think it was particularly rare at that point. I think you just had it. Oh, I got it for $4.99. Right, 
exactly. Or free, technically. <laughs> really, I know. And it's funny, that time, like, I, it makes me so sad to think of all the really rare PS2 games just sitting there, like, yep. for cheap, because they were just getting rid of it, GameStop. They're like, ah, it's, you know, we're getting right. the new generation, so see you later. For context, this is a game that you now cannot get for less than $400 online. Yeah, if so. you want a complete copy, you yeah. can get just the disc. Um, so anyways, it, uh, so I borrowed it from you, and I had the one who suggested it, Nick, come over. Um, and so we were like, let's just play this creepy game. Yeah. And so at the time, I was living in, not Salem, living in a smaller house. Okay. Um, and so my room was like the equivalent of a closet. Like there, it what? was. What house was this? It was the, uh, uh, where was it? It was freaking. Um, Epping? No, not Epping. What was it? Pentecook? It was Pentecook. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, So yeah. I had the two glass doors. Or yes. The, with, and, oh, that's right. And, like, the doors, when you opened it, took up half the room, basically. Yeah. So it was that small and close. Yeah, I remember. So my bed uh, was, uh, at the time, it was on the floor. I didn't have a bed, uh, whatever frame. it was. Uh, frame, is that what it is? Well, where the bed stands up. So not the wooden part, but under that, that makes your bed lift up. Is that a bed frame? Yeah. So what's the wooden part called? Box spring. Box spring. Okay, there you we had go. one of those. I did. You I had a box a spring. I didn't have a bed frame. Okay, gotcha. So the the bed would kind of lower down, and the TV was up. So we were both sitting on the bed, just playing the game. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't recall if we watched the initial opening video. We must have. Yeah. Uh, but it just sets the tone of fear, and we knew going in it was going to be creepy. Um, so we're going around, just you know, exploring the the map when you first start. And we we enjoy scary games at that point. Right. We don't play a lot of them because we were younger. Um, there were a lot of them. No, I would say we were let's see, if it was Pentacook, I must have been in my early teens. Yeah. Um, so we were playing and uh, you get to this part where there is a hole in the wall. Um, and the, the game makes a big deal about it. Oh, it's like, yeah. so the camera will like zoom in on it and so you're like okay, so I believe it was I think I was playing. Um, and so, or Nick was playing and then handed me the controller for this part, for this specific part, this might be the part that we stopped at. I know exactly what you're talking about because so then you go to this and you peek inside. So it has, you go and interact with the hole and you look at it. So, uh, you have full range of motion as far as view goes. You can look anywhere in the room. So you look to the right and there's this, uh, woman doing this like kind of ritual thing. She's just kind of like sitting there chilling or whatever. Uh, and then you look to the left and you see this like big, black hole demonic fizzy hole of doom and this <laughs> and this creepy demonic grudge girl starts crawling out of it and yeah. you're like nope nope All nope done. you know and so we backed out i think you can quit out quickly like you can either sit there and watch it happen or back out yeah and so i think we were like nope 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 so we stopped and then nick was uh, like egging me on he's like ah, just take another look how about one more look just do another look and i'm like i don't want to look it's too scary uh-huh. so uh it must have come to the point where i'm like okay i'm just gonna do it so we go and peek in again and it's nothing for a second it's right. just like empty room empty like, I room guess you're I like everything. you're like cool and then all of a sudden Boom, big face pops up. It's the eye looking back at you. Yeah. We flipped Dude, out. Because it's we the worst. Had a meltdown. Shut off the PS2. We were all, all done. done. <laughs> that was the end of that. And on top of that, my room had this uh they had I, it wasn't necessarily an infestation, but there were a bunch of ants uh in the corner of my room. 
And we didn't know at the time, but they were crawling all over us. So after that finished, what? we flipped out because we were covered in ants. And it just, because in the corner, what? I don't know where it happened. I don't know why it happened, but it was just like this. It was covered in the bed and on our legs. So on top of the scariest scene ever in gaming, we were covered in ants and flipped out. We had to throw the blankets like across the room and... Like, disinfect everything. It was a terrible, terrible time. That is unbelievable. The timing of that is incredible because we, like, turn on the lights and see the ants on us and feel them crawling. We're like, ah! (laughs) It was so good. Dude. So, from that moment on, we never played Kuan again. We were too scared. And uh, for years, Nick has been asking me, like, we got to play it. We got to find it. And because it's become so rare over time, there's just no way neither of us were going to buy it. Um, so when he suggested it and then you uh, for your birthday last year or this year, Mm, I think it might've been this year. It might've been this year. Um, so yeah, it was this year. I think this year. Um, I don't know. You must ask for it on the podcast. I've, I've talked about this game for years. Mm -hmm. I've posted it. I think I posted something online. Online. I think that's what it was. Like, does anybody know where to find Kuan? So, to this day, I I don't know where it came from because I I got rid of the game and during one of these stupid purges, I actually sold it to uh, play, play and trade, trade up the, the street. Great purge of what was it twenty fourteen? Yeah, something like that. Something. But they uh, then they went out of business, so I didn't even get all my store credit for what I traded, which in. is so upsetting. It's the worst. Um, but yeah, last uh, this my I think it was this year my birthday. Mm-hmm. I had a bunch of people over, which is what I usually do. And um, there was just an empty PS2 case or like a, a coverless PS2 case just leaning on my counter. Did you, you didn't have like a gift table or anything? No, did you? no it, was it was just, just in my kitchen on my counter. Mm-hmm. And I, it's funny that I even looked at it mm-hmm. because. Because I was, I was with you at the time, I think. I think. I, I don't even remember because there's just people everywhere. Right. And I remember seeing it and I was like, what the heck is this? Because I don't, I don't have any coverless I think this is why it stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. I have nothing coverless anymore. I used to have, like, I might have a couple stragglers here and there. Right. Now, if it's not complete, I probably don't have it anywhere. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I was I saw this and I was like, what the heck is that? And it's it, it was leaning, it was standing up, leaning. And so I opened it and it's a copy of Kuon. And I was like, Whoa, what? <laughs> you must have put it down. Like, what is this? I was this? like, what is what is this? <laughs> so I have asked, I'm pretty sure I've asked everyone who was there mm-hmm. that could possibly have given it to me. Mm-hmm. Nobody has said that it was them. Yeah. We I remember like going from person to person there because you showed it to me and I was like, what? Why, yeah. How'd you get cool on? And you're like, I have no idea. I have no idea. And so you had a few suspects. That's and... right. I think I did walk up to you. I just opened it. Right. And you were like, what? Uh, what I, like, I don't know. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, we had a few suspects and uh, I remember you asking them and nobody, nobody uh, admitted no. to bringing it. And some of them were very legitimately convincing. Like, no, dude. I mean, if it was me, I would have told you. And then right. a couple of them were like, I don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so yeah. it wasn't you. Um, I... To this day, I have no idea why I have a copy of Kuan. The absolute perfect story for this scary game. Yeah. The fact that you got it again. It might have been no one, honestly. What if Kuan just appeared? Maybe back? I shouldn't play it. Maybe you should. Well, anymore. we did play it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the cursed copy. But yeah, oh, it was and even better that it had no cover. Or no anything. cover or anything. Just the game. Just an empty case. So I don't know who did it, but it's super cool. Yeah, it adds so much to the story. So this game has always been a particular special case, uh, at least for, I think, both of us. Yeah. Um, I think partially because when I got it, it was at a time where 
you could find a random game on a shelf at GameStop and play it, and not a lot of people knew about it. Right. And that's a lot. I still don't really know a lot of people who know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it felt kind of like special. Like yep. I had found this game that like a lot of people didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And, and PS2 is perfect for that. There are yeah, so many games. Like I think it's over a thousand at least. Yeah. Um, and so with such a high uh, rate of games coming out and some that came out that nobody heard of and they're like, ah, it's not selling well, so we'll take it off the shelves. For instance, Kuan did not yeah. sell well. So it, it became a rare game because mm-hmm. there's only so many copies out there. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what makes it even more special is that you had probably one of the rarest games on PS2. Mm-hmm. You had it, you played through it, you sold it before sold it. it was worth a lot. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they probably gave me 10 bucks for it. Yeah, you know, it's like, ah, this is just some crappy PS2 mm-hmm. game. And then as time goes on, you're like, oh, my God. Yep. Um, so it is It's so such a fascinating uh, tale. It is, yeah. A game will always have uh, some history uh, for me. And um, just some general overview of it, if you've mm-hmm. never played it and if you can you can find it anywhere. Yeah. Um, it uh, it's it's very to me it feels it's uh, from software as the mm-hmm. developer and I, it it does feel kind of Capcom y mm-hmm. around that time though um, the fighting is a little wonky yeah um, but overall it's pretty cool the 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 overarching story is based on this box that Tim mentioned where basically the goal of it is to you pu- the the lore of it is you put enough bodies in this box and mm-hmm. you can resurrect someone oh. um, so throughout it you see this um, this one it starts off with the the woman who's dragging the body and then throughout mm-hmm. it you also see this man who is a couple of the characters or one of the characters father yeah um, um, the two sisters yes uh, he's like smashing bodies into this box and there's just blood everywhere mm-hmm. and then there are these like grotesque creatures that show up um, and overall the atmosphere is just creepy the gameplay is cool because you play as one character once you beat it you play as a different character same story and they cross paths mm-hmm. and then once you beat the uh, yin and the yang phase which is what they're Titled, you unlock the Kuan phase where you play as a third character. Great. Um, the Kuan so, phase. Yeah, the Kuan phase. What so. is Kuan? <sighs> you know. I keep dropping that. Yeah, what are you dropping? It was just a little Tim's red just thing. dropping stuff over here. Um, I, I am l- interested because I wonder if it translates, like Juan, for instance, mm-hmm. translates to the grudge. Yeah, um, I looked it up the other day. Um, and I forget. I think it's some. It's a particular type curse. of story. Oh, um, oh see, I wonder if see. it's based off like a old Japanese tale or something. That would be cool if it's based off a real story. I feel like it is. That's. But the game itself is, yeah, super creepy. And like you said, it was very Capcom-y where it was like fixed camera angles and you just go around and collect these parts of the puzzle to get you uh, farther through the story. Right. Um, But yeah, the the fighting is, I wouldn't say the strong suit. It certainly is kind of messy, but you collect these cards which give you magical abilities. Um, And so they help you fight different guys. Um, there are on what you have. attacks and summons. Mm-hmm. So you can. There's one where you can summon this wolf. There's one where you can shoot flaming arrows, and you just equip what you prefer to have. Yes. Um, so those are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is. It's. It's the fighting mechanics are kind of off. But it's yeah. definitely not the main stay of the game. Right. It's the fear itself. And I looked it up too, and it doesn't have great reviews mm-hmm. um, across the board. But I think it's just at this point. I don't know. I, it's a cool game. Mm-hmm. I, I would never tell anyone it's it's not a good game. I would give you the warning on like some of the wonky fighting, but other than that, at the price point, it's hard to justify. That's the hard thing now. Mm-hmm. If I mean, 
And I would even be careful with who, like, I loaned my copy to. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Because especially with its worth and how you have the game, and you had to buy a separate case, but or mm-hmm. um, at least cover art or whatever. I did. Yeah, I bought a uh, a, a re a reprinted mm-hmm. uh, cover just to have it in. I'm still on the lookout for a complete edition because yeah. I would love to have it at some point. But... but even to have the game itself is amazing. Absolutely. And yeah. there's this trifecta of expensive horror games. You know, you got Kuan, Rule of Rose, which I think Rule of Rose is the most expensive out of the three. Kuan's pretty high yeah. up there. No, I think you're right. I think Rule of Rose. Uh, well, what's the other one? And then usually it's... Haunting Ground? Yeah, Haunting Ground. Yeah. Um, you can get that. I mean, my copy I got cheap, but it's a um, UK copy. It's a PAL copy. Yeah. So I had to get a special PS2 just to play it. You can <laughs> get that with Kuan, too, actually. You can get those copies. Um, um, oh, the, the PAL copies, yeah. yeah for uh, cheaper. So I, I have it right here. Uh, Kuan is based on an ancient type of Japanese horror story called a Kaidan. Great. Um Let's see, which is a Japanese word consisting of two kanji, mm-hmm. which those are Japanese characters, yes. right? Yep. Um, kai, meaning strange, mysterious, rare, or bewitching apparition, and mm-hmm. don, meaning talk or recited narrative. So essentially, it's just like a horror story. Oh, neat. Um, and it is kind of cool the way that it plays out uh, with the three different versions of the story that you right. play in the game. Um, I must yeah. assume their campaigns are short then. I want to say they're like four hours or so because okay. the overall gameplay, if you look it up on like uh, how long to beat, I think it's like nine to ten hours. Oh, okay. So, and I think I remember the story being relatively uh, quick because it all takes place in that one that, sort of uh, area. Yeah, like um, the castle. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a really cool game, but you're right. It's hard to suggest because you can't just go out and get it. Yeah, you can get reproductions um, because the PS2, uh, it involves a little more work, but you can get reproductions where the games, um, you can download them online. It's all illegal and stuff, but sure. Um, but you can da- uh, they download the copies of the games, get the copy, and then you run a special program on your PS2 that'll let you play the full copy of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have emulators and stuff so it's not impossible to get your hands on it but if you want the full original copy it's gonna run you lots of money oh there's a complete copy on ebay right now for 379 dollars ah nice nice is that buy it now or just bids uh you can buy it now nice that's a good deal go get it guys go get it (laughs) go get the kuon um so i do plan on you're gonna let me borrow it because you're a great person i do plan on yes playing through it yeah, beating it because I do. I have to face my fears, mm-hmm. and before you sell it again. So I'm not gonna. Uh huh. I feel like I can't. It I just appeared in my kitchen. <laughs> That's its curse. I'm attached to it. You'll throw it out and I'll come back. Oh man, oh, I should try it. I'm no. not gonna try it. No, no don't please. Uh, I think that's the last of our suggestions. Yes, which I think it turned out to be a very good podcast to to have these because usually what we do is obviously pick what we're doing right now. Obviously, at the time. obviously, but to have these suggestions, I think, is a good guiding point for us to have uh, experiences that we don't generally plan on having. Right, mm-hmm. that's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It is. I think we should do another special. I think so. I okay. want the Thanksgiving special where we only talk about food. Ooh, a food-focused one? <laughs> Could we do that? Uh, it wouldn't be the best podcast. Well, or would it? It depends. If we have enough food. Not all food, but could you do food-related media? Oh, interesting. Is there enough out there? Uh, let's see. There's a lot of good food shows, TV shows. Food movies. Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales. Super Size Me. 
Super Size Me. That's a good one. There's plenty of food documentaries. That's food video true. games. Do we got Overcooked? Sneak King. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, we could do it, I guess. Oh, man. But I do, I do really enjoy the idea of these themed uh, episodes. Yeah, I have what, some ideas for it. Whether too. it's monthly or uh, seasonally or whatever mm-hmm. we decide to do, um, I would like uh, to hear more suggestions. Of course, yeah. we ask every episode. But uh, our push for this one, obviously, we were, we uh, Brett, you made that awesome video. Oh, thanks, man. It was really good, uh, and that got a lot of attention. And we posted it everywhere. So. Um, you know, everybody who uh, who gave us suggestions, uh, I really appreciate. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Um, we have one more thing. Yes, if to... you've listened to this entire podcast, yeah. there may be a prize. There may be a prize. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's how we're going to do this. Okay. I'm going to hit you guys <gasps> with a shout-out list oh, okay. of everyone who contributed. Yes. And then... We're going to use a random number generator Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to select the winner Mm -hmm. of our first Keep Up Special Package prize. Creep Up prize. What's the prize, Brett? Prize package. Prize package? It's a surprise. Fair enough. I know what it's going to be. Okay. But I'm not going to tell you. That's fine. It's a surprise. That's part of it. But then we'll 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 post up what the the prize is, and we'll we'll tag mm-hmm. whoever you are, whoever the winner is. So, thank you to the following. And if you don't hear your name because you posted after we recorded, or because we're dumb and we missed it, or something mm-hmm. like that, don't worry about it. Just don't be mad at us. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's, don't uh, worry about it, but don't be mad. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Catherine LaJoy, Carol Elgahari, Johnny Reed, JB, Sherry Johnson, Bobby Phelps, Sarah Daniels, Andy Skates, Mom, Mel St. Louis, Hannah Mazalia, our sister Bailey, Jesse Coffey, Nick DuPont, Dirkish Delights, Edward Payson, Retro Connection, Katrina Kerbin, and Eric Bienvenue. Thank you, guys. For your submissions for the Thank podcast. you so much. Super. <laughs> My little tears are having tears. Tim's tears are having tears. I'm so sad but happy. And we have uh, a lot of these suggestions, like I said, for future podcasts, which I'm excited yeah, about. Yeah, there were certainly some really interesting suggestions that I'd never even, like, I've heard of them before or I've never actually watched and forgot about them. Like, there, there was a lot of things that I'm like, oh, I want to check this out. A lot of things. Ah. So, now... The, uh, the prize time. The big moment. Prize Here it time. comes. I'm ready. Give me a number, Tim. How many times do I click it? I don't. I don't even know how that thing works. I, I click know. it once, and it'll give us a number. Then click it once. Okay. Here we go. Thirteen. Thirteen. Who's thirteen, Brett? Jesse Coffee. Jesse Coffee. We'll be uh, sending you a message asking for your social security number, <laughs> your mother's maiden name, and all other important questions. One credit card. <laughs> that's that's what it'll cost. You do have to pay for your own prize. I don't know that's, if I mentioned that. Wow, right? Yeah. Terrible. We tell you, we force you into buying yourself something that you may or may not be interested. Right. in. Right. You had a chance to purchase this prize. That's it. That's it. And if you don't purchase it, you don't have to. Right. But then there's a consequence. There, <laughs> is there death involved? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But we're not making you pay. We're Brett's, not making you pay. I'm Brett's just, just joshing. Just kidding, dude. The, just, just kidding. I'm just joshing. Just kidding. But hey. thank you for the VHS suggestion. Yeah, man. And that is how the cookie crumbles. That is how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> so uh, we'll be sending you a message and posting 
what the beautiful prize pack will be. Yes. And until then, guys, thank you so much for listening and respecting our authority. (laughs) 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 It's hard because there's no end babble. I'm not doing an end babble. No end babble today. And no sonic music. Wow. It's it's a special. It's a special. Halloween music. That's it. Do, 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 do. I'm not going to add any. I'm just going to leave to. that. Yeah. That's the Halloween music. Oh. Maybe I'll like layer your voice there. Thank you, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week for uh, your standard, normal, uh, the Keep Up podcast. Regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Thanks. You know? Yeah. That's it. That's it. Bye, guys. Bye. Enjoy your Halloween.